The Giants are running New York like the times as Danny is dropping all sorts of dimes. Saquon's thighs are ruining defenses' lives and Leonard Williams making opposing QBs feel him. Receivers think it's scary to line up across James Bradbury and the Giants have a bright future led by coach, judge, jury, and executioner. Tune in to Drawing About the G-Men every Wednesday at 6, live on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter. Which... Do you have a 401k and some savings for future retirement that you don't even know if it's enough to live off of? How much is enough? And how often do you think about it? The team at JPEX Financial Group can help set your mind at ease. We specialize in creating strategies, doing the planning and managing of your financial, educational, and investment needs. We help clients pursue their investment goals with sound financial strategies. You deserve a personal, tailored plan. Lasting, meaningful, and open relationships are the foundation of our practice. You've worked hard for your money and should feel confident with your investment choices as you make decisions for your financial future. Your goals are our goals. We are dedicated to your needs and hopes for your future. Visit our website or give us a call at 860-430-5397. Sports Talk with RNJ. I am Steve Risser along here with Justin D'Onofrio. And we already got a comment before the show starts. Uh, we got Xander commenting, what's good, fellas? Have a great show. And we will. And thanks for the comment. And definitely you, stay Sandy. on for the entire show. So, and we'll be talking. When, when definitely stay on for the entire show. We're looking forward to your comments. And we are aware the World Series started last night with the Astros and Braves. We're going to push that back a little bit. I don't think the World Series is getting, this World Series is going to get great ratings because of the two markets. And that's why we're starting with football. We know everyone loves quarterbacks. And we got an outstanding quarterback matchup on Thursday night as the 6-1 Green Bay Packers with Aaron Rodgers travel to the desert to face the undefeated Arizona Cardinals. Unfortunately, this matchup, is unfortunately, the Packers are probably not going to have Devontae Adams. They probably won't have Alan Lazard either. But you can't put anything past Aaron Rodgers and how good he is. That's why I do feel like he's still going to have a pretty good game. But at the end of the day, I feel like the team with the better roster is going to win this game. I feel like the Cardinals, uh, and then we got a comment from Xander already, real test for the cards, even though Adams won't play. Yes, I, I agree with that. Uh, that it is a real test for the cards. When you're facing a quarterback like Aaron Rodgers, you've seen throughout his career, Aaron Rodgers has overcame bad coaching. Aaron Rodgers has overcame not having the most talented players. And he's still 
Uh, and he's still been able to overcome that, as, as Andrew said. Lazard's out for COVID reasons. Yes, Lazard's out too. And that's, but that is why I think the Cardinals win this game is because of, I think this will be the game, unfortunately. I, I think Aaron Rodgers is an MVP candidate this year, but this is the game, unfortunately, that I think that the, that the, uh, all the Packers guys they have out are going to catch up to him. It's going to obviously having Adams and Lazard out, that's going to catch up to him. Having, and then on top of some of the other injuries they have, David Batiari not being there. Zedaria Smith not being there, and Jari Alexander not being there. All those guys not there, I think, is going to catch up to him in this game. I think Arizona does a good job running the football with uh, with James Conner and uh, Chase Edmonds. I feel like, you know, Kyler Murray's going to do what he's done all year, spread the ball around to uh, to A.J. Green, to DeAndre Hopkins, to Rondell Moore, to Christian Kirk, spread the ball around. I feel like the Cardinals get in the 30s in this game. I think this game is competitive until the fourth quarter, but then I think the Cardinals pull away. That's why I got Arizona going to 8-0. And I got them beating the Cardinal, beating the Packers, thirty-one to twenty. But Justin, can Rodgers keep up with Murray and the Cardinals to pull pull to pull the upset in the desert? It's gonna be very tough, as you mentioned. Two of his top guys, Devontae Adams, who's arguably one of the best wide receivers in the in the league, and Alan Lazard as well. And they may get uh, Marquez Bentley Scantling back, but like right now, Randall Cobb's is number one option, and Randall Cobb is. The Randall Cobb from six, seven years ago. Rodgers is the one guy that could do it. I just don't think he's got enough tools around him to keep up with Kyle Murray in this Arizona offense. And don't forget, this defense is really good too. Like, you know, they, you know, addition of JJ Watt, um, you know, they, like the Arizona defense is very good too. So I, I think Aaron Rodgers have a, a tough time this game keeping up with Arizona and their offense. Um, and yeah, I have Arizona game. You know, I have the Packers win this game. I mean, the Cardinals win this game, 80, 28 to twenty. Just Rogers just does not have enough without Devontae Adams um, in this game. To yes, and you brought up the way the Cardinals defense has been played. Uh, you brought up the Cardinals defense and it's played well. And I think it's going to be a big advantage of them not having Devontae Adams because it's going to be the way they're going to be able to defend the Packers offense. They're going to be able to blitz more because you're not going to you can play man coverage across the board with the receivers the Packers have on the field. With Valdez, Scantling, Cobb, you could play man coverage across the board. If Adams was playing, you'd have to because there's not a corner on the Cardinals that could, you know, that that that, that could handle Devontae Adams. But now um but but now without Devontae Adams, you could play man across the board. You can blitz. You could bring the safeties in, and you can blitz Aaron Rodgers and you can get pressure on him. And that's what I feel like is going to happen in this game. I think Rodgers will make plays. I think Aaron Jones will get some yards on the ground. I think Rodgers will make plays. But it just won't be enough with with how shorthanded the Packers are when they got to face one of the top teams in the NFL. Yeah, absolutely. I, I totally agree with you. I think, yeah, they're going to get pressure on them. Packers the, uh, off at the line has been pretty good. Um, but, the you know, Washington got to him like three or four times or three times last week. They said they they got some pretty good pressure on them. And, um, Sanders comments, Cardinals pretty much everywhere you look, they, they do have playmakers on that defense. And that's going to be a huge advantage for them without one of the best playmakers in the game, um, Devontae Adams. So, yeah, I think it's going to be a tough one for, for Green Bay in this one. And then Hector's comment, Packers defense is, is going to have a part. Yeah, I could see. Because Washington moved the ball against them last week. You know, they were 0 for 4 in the red zone. And I think 0 for 2 in, like, goal to goal uh, – like goal line situation, so yeah, I think the Packers would have a hard time because they didn't they didn't look great last week at Washington. Yeah, great point by Justin and Hector. There is yeah, the, the, the Washington they might have only given up ten points, but Washington moved the ball up and down the field against them, and they were able to run the ball against them. And uh, McLaurin, had, they could not cover Terry McLaurin. McLaurin had a huge day against that secondary. Now looking at all the weapons Arizona has, they're gonna I think they're gonna have a huge day against the Packers defense as well. The Packers again, the Packers defense. I think the lack of quarterbacks they face, the Taylor Heineke's. 
facing Justin Fields, facing Jared Goff and the Lions. That has helped them. That has made them overcome some of the injuries they've had to their defense. Darius Smith and Jerry Alexander's Jerry Alexander's are big losses, and that they, I think that's definitely going to catch up to him in this game. We got a comment from from Xander again. Wish the Packers were fully healthy going into this game. It could have been more evenly matched. Absolutely, I think I think a Green Bay team that's and I think it'd be a great game if both teams were healthy. The issue is the pack the, the Cardinals are just the, the team that's much more healthy. I think the Packers are the better coach team. I'm still not sold on Cliff Kingsbury. I know Justin's not sold on Cliff Kingsbury, but no. the, the, and I still do think that uh, that Aaron Rodgers is better than Kyler Murray. But outside of that, I mean, the talent level, the the the, 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 the right now, Arizona's roster is much better than Green Bay's roster because of Green Bay's injuries. Yeah, absolutely. This game opened at three before Adams went on the COVID list, so it kind of tells you, you know, what Vegas thought. So yeah, it obviously will be. It stinks that you know Adams going to be out, and even Alan Lazard. Yeah, you know, Jordan Alexander. Yeah, because the Packers are so banged up right now, and. You know, who knows? You know, they, these two teams would definitely see each other again in the playoffs, and hopefully by then you would think both teams are hopefully more healthier the second time around. You know, they, there is a rematch of the playoffs because, so, yeah, it's, it stinks, especially for Thursday night game. You don't usually get Thursday night games like this all the time, so kind of stinks that, you know, some of the top guys may be out for this game for Green Bay. Yeah, and you made a good point about seeing them in the playoffs. I think there's a really, really good chance they're going to see each other in the playoffs because I think that I think Tampa's going to eventually get the one seed. I just think they're clearly, even though Arizona's undefeated, I still think they have. They, they have, I, I mean, you could argue Arizona and the Rams might be better than them, but I just think they have. They, they play in an easier division. Uh, uh, then, then uh, I, I think that Green Bay. I think they very easily can get the three seed because I don't think their division is great either. And uh, I think the Cowboys are five and one, but I don't trust them. I think they'll be they're, they're good, but I don't think they're as good as their record. So I do think this very easily could be you know a two a, a match we can see in the divisional round between you know the two seeded Cardinals and the three seeded Packers. So I think they very easily can meet in the playoffs. Yeah, absolutely. And if yeah, if it's two seed versus three, you know if, if it could go out that way, you know yeah, this is uh, it's such a huge game too for home field in that game. You know it, you know the winner could possibly you know be huge here and get the tiebreaker for that two spot. You know, that number two seed, I know it's not, you know, the new format, it's not the one and two seed get the bye, but still to kind of have home field, especially for Green Bay, where that that is not an easy pace to play in the middle of January, especially for a team like Arizona that's not used to that weather. So, yeah, you know, this, this could be a huge game for playoff seeding, even though, yeah, it doesn't look great for Green Bay with everybody they have out, but it could be such a huge game for seeding purposes. And we got a comment from Xander. Are you guys talking week eight games? We got your wish, Xander. We're gonna we're talking about the week eight games right now, and we're gonna start with my team. We're gonna start with the Giants, who are coming off a win against the Panthers. Their defense played outstanding. Leonard Williams had a really good game. Iowa Jalari had a good game. Uh, the secondary played really well. Bradbury had the interception of Sam Darnold, and Kansas City has not played well at all. I mean, they're three and four, but their defense has been absolutely horrendous. Obviously, since Howard Solaire has went out, they've had trouble running the football. Uh, I, I, so for this game, I think. If the Giants were healthy, and, and, I, and I knew for sure that Galladay was going to play, I knew for sure that Barkley was going to play, I knew for, I, I knew for sure that uh, that uh, Shepard was going to play, and Jander said it right there, Giants can win this game, as crazy it is to say, and he's 100% right about it. I, I mean, if they were more healthy, I might even – maybe I might have even picked them to win this game. But I do think the injuries of the Giants are going to move the ball on this Kansas City defense, but I do think the injuries of the the, – the, the, the injuries the Giants have on offense – because I, I think Barkley's not going to play, and I don't know about Galladay and Tony and Shepard. So 
the the un the, the injuries that the Giants have on offense, I think it's going to eventually make the difference in this game. I think they're going to move the ball, but I think you're going to see three or four going to field goals. Well, I think Kansas City moves the ball. I think that they don't. Have to, I don't think the Giants get beat on big plays. I do think they do what everyone's done this year to Kansas City: play that two deep zone, dare Kansas City to run the football. I think Matt, but I do think Patrick Mahomes has a good game. I'm going to he has a bounce back game. The Chiefs move the ball. I think the teams – and there's not a ton of points being scored because I think it's going to take a lot of plays for the Chiefs to score, and I think the Giants are going to kick field goals. I don't think there's going to be a ton of points in this game, but I do think that the teams are going to move the ball. But at the end of the day, I just can't – I can't I can't say three and five Kansas City Chiefs with Patrick Mahomes. I just can't see that happening. I'd much rather see the Giants being two and six than the Chiefs being three and five, and that's why I got the Chiefs beating the Giants 27-19 to 19 on Monday night. But, Justin – can the Giants defense can the Giants defense contain Mahomes and can Daniel Jones make enough plays for the Giants to get their second straight win? It's gonna be tough. Um I see Xander comments if the Chiefs win it's by a few old 3128. Um I could see the Giants keeping it close. I, I really can. I could even see them winning with how bad the Chiefs look so far. The Chiefs won this game 31 to 21. I think for the Giants, you just lost Drew Real Peppers in the back end too which I think hurts you know you're already down Blake Martinez as well in the defensive end and you know Mahomes yeah you expect him to play a lot better he showed last week he's tied right now for this interception to lead with um Jack Wilson or Trevor Lawrence one of those two he's tied with you know seven seven interceptions with those two so in you know last year Mahomes had 20 dropped interceptions so you know could have so last year you know kind of strolled um in that but I, I you know Dexter Lawrence if because I know Brown hasn't been great at that that last tackle spot, you know, he kind of got destroyed last week at Tennessee. Like, if Dexter Lawrence could get some pressure on Orlando Brown and they could get to Mahomes and kind of force him to make some bad mistakes, I could easily – I could see the Giants definitely win this game. Um, I really like the Giants' offensive game plan last week. Like, I think they'll move the ball. Like, with everybody out last week, I like how they kind of got rid of the ball quickly. I like some of the RPO stuff they ran. Um, I, I really like their offensive game plan last week. I think some – that could work against a Chiefs defense that's been pretty much it's been horrible it's, you know statistically they rank pretty much 30th like 32nd in every category so I think the Giants have success moving the ball in this game but yeah I just can't see the Chiefs going to three and five I don't think they're a very good team I'd be shocked that they somehow win double your games this year but I see the Chiefs somehow pulling this one out I think the thing the Giants have to do to win this game is obviously they got to do what they did last week to Sam Darnold. They got to get a ton of pressure on Mahomes. And I could see it happen. I could see Ojalari. I could see Lawrence. I could see Leonard Williams getting pressure on Mahomes. That Kansas City offensive line that's rebuilt. It's struggled recently. And I definitely could see see them getting I definitely could see the Giants getting pressure. And 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 on offense, I feel like the Giants have have to have success running the ball. I do expect that Jones is going to use they're going to use they're going to use Jones on the read option, the zone read. And I like that, especially if they don't have some of their big they have their receivers in this game. I think that's a way the Giants can move the football. You saw that was a way they moved the football last week against the Panthers. So I, I do think that they're going to be able to get pressure, but I just think that Patrick Mahomes is just – I think he's, he hasn't been great this year, but I do think he's good enough to beat a Giants defense that hasn't been as good this year. That's that's why I got the Chiefs winning the game. But uh, but uh, let me tell you, you thought – when I saw this game, when the schedule came out in May, week eight, I thought I – thought, I, I chalked this up as an L immediately. But right now – it's not. I, I definitely, as a Giants fan, even with even if it was being banged up, I definitely, as a Giants fan, have more confidence going into this game than I did than I did in May or even at the beginning of the season. Yeah, which you would think it's just crazy, but it's true. And I don't, you know, and I see why you are because yeah, the Chiefs just again they put up three points last week against a Tennessee defense that's not very good either. 
It did kind of, did kind of I mean, do much I mean, against them. I mean, granted, Mahomes got hurt in the second half, but still, they, they did not play well on, on offense at all. No, they didn't. Like, even the first half, they, they really could not get anything. They couldn't really string much together at all, and Tennessee kind of just took possession and just, you know, they kept Mahomes off the field, but when they got the ball, they really didn't have much going for them. So, like, yeah, I, I could see why. Like, the Giants, you know, you've lost so many pieces, and it's kind of been a down year for, you know, with everything you've lost and, you know, with Martinez and now Peppers, it's still a, you know, I, it, it's still, you know, you saw last week, it'd still be really, it'd be a good defense. They, you know, they have, if they can get to the quarterback, um, they can be better at stopping the run. Um, Mahomes got nine interceptions, my bad. Um, which is, you know, crazy to think about this early on in the season. But I, don't, I, I see where you're coming from because I think they do. I think they, I think even with, with all the guys they have, I think they, could be tough for Kansas City to stop. I think they could do enough, um, you know, to, to win this game. And Danders comment, Giants run the ball, keep Mahomes off the field, they can win this game. Absolutely. You know, just because the KC offense hasn't been explosive as it's been the last year. So your defense can make a few stops, keep them off the field. Giants definitely have a have a chance to win this game Monday night, even though it's an air ride. Yeah, and I think if they run the ball, they do have a chance. But the only issue there is is – I feel like Devontae Booker has really, they've really struggled to run the ball pretty much all season long. Uh, even, even the beginning of the year when Saquon Barkley's been out, but even since Devontae Booker's been there, even on Sunday, that was the one thing they didn't do that well offensively was run the football. So they've really struggled to run the football pretty much all year. So if, even though the Chiefs are so bad stopping the run, I still think the Giants will have issues running the football. But I, but I do think, I mean, running the ball with the running back, but I do think they'll be able to use, use Jones in the running game. I think they'll be able to choose, use Jones on the zone read and the read option. I think they'll be dangerous doing it that way. But I do still think the Giants have issues running the ball. But I, but I do think even if the, if the Giants don't have Barkley, Jones will have a big, a pretty good game in the, in the past game because the Chiefs have had trouble, have trouble, you know, getting after the quarterback. So, yeah, the Giants definitely have to run the ball. I don't think – that's why I think the Chiefs will win because I just don't think the Giants will do that that's a, with that much success. But if they do do it with success, they have a very good chance of winning that game. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, if they can get Daniel Jones or, you know, Daniel Jones can become a runner. Like I think we think that he's going to be able to do in this game. Maybe it does put on, you know, maybe that does open it up for Devontae Booker. They're more keyed on trying to stop Daniel Jones. Maybe it does, you know, in that RPO type stuff, maybe it does open up some lanes for Devontae Booker to kind of get going and be able to open that running game. If Brown, if, I mean, if Jones has like a big run or two, then they kind of key on, on Jones and it opens it up for Booker. I could totally see something like that happening. Yeah, you know, Daniel Jones, I think, yeah, he's going to have time. He could hit some of those quick slants like they did last week, just some quick kind of, you know, five, six, seven-yard routes like they did kind of last week. You know, some creativity too, like last week when they threw it to Daniel Jones. He made that phenomenal catch. Like, yeah, I think those things, they could do those things and be successful against Kansas City because, yeah, the defense is not very good. So without, yeah, that, I could definitely see them um, win this game even without everybody out. Just the Kansas City defense, they, again, it's not going to get any better. It's it's not, you know. They had a chance to get Stephon Gilmore. They didn't, you know. Maybe they make a trade, but I don't see one guy coming in here making a big difference on this Kansas City defense. Yeah, so we'll see, we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. Big game Monday night for both teams, and it should be, should be a good one between those two teams. But we got to get on to your team, and then your team had a great week last week. I know they played the Jets, but you got to you got to go up, you got to play who, who you're going up against. Mac Jones had a really good week; they had a good week running the ball with, with Damian Harris. Uh, and I think this week it's going to be the same when they play the Chargers. I think because the Chargers are terrible stop; they can't stop the run. The Chargers have a lot of issues stopping the run, so I think this is going to be a big week for Damian Harris. I think he easily goes for a for a buck. I think he goes for a buck 
20 on the ground. I think he has a big week on the ground. I think the Patriots move the ball. I think Mac Jones has another good game uh, with this Patriots offense. And they've been better in the red zone. I think they convert in the red zone this week, too. I think Mac Jones is good. This game set up well for Mac Jones to play well. It's good weather in L.A. Um, it, it's going to be really – he's going to play well. He's going to do a really good job off play action. I think Harris is going to set up play action for him. So I think he'll throw a couple touchdown passes. The issue in this game, though, is – I don't think this defense is built to stop Justin Herbert in this Chargers offense. I think Justin Herbert has a big game. I think this game is up and down the field. I think it's a high-scoring game. I think this game is up and down the field. But at the end of the day, I feel like the ball is going to be in Justin Herbert's hands, and he's going to lead the Chargers to a game-winning drive because I don't think this Patriots defense is going to make a stop at the end. I think this is this this is, and here's here's an account from Xander. I'll beat the Sedez. Give Mac elite offensive talent, and he can make a leap. Yes, you've said that. Yes, you've been Absolutely. saying this all the time, Xander. You give you give Mac the elite offensive talent. Uh, and he could be, and he could be, he, he could make a Josh Allen leap. The the issue, I mean, the, the, yeah, but, but the thing is, is can this team do it? That's going to be the question going forward with the Patriots. Can they give him that talent? But that's another story for another day. We'll talk about that when the season ends, if he can get him that talent. But for this game, I feel like it's going to be close at the end, but I think it's going to be another game where the Patriots defense needs to make a stop. But the story of their season is they can't make a stop against a good quarterback. It happened uh, just like just like against Dak Prescott a couple weeks ago. I feel like the Chargers win the game right at the end. I think they win it on a game-winning field goal. That's why I got the Chargers going to 5 and 2 and the Patriots going to 3 and 5. I got the Chargers beating the Patriots in LA 30 to 27. But Justin, can the Pats continue to have success against Herbert and pull the upset this week? I'm hoping, but I'm not too optimistic. I just think, you know, yeah, it was great last week. They played well, but yeah, that was, you know, last year they, they hit Justin Herbert 11 times. I think they sacked him three or four times. Like if they can get pressure on it again, um, I, I could team having success, but this offense or the charge off in the line is a lot better than it was last year. Uh, Matthew Judon's really been the only consistent pass rusher the Patriots have had all year. And Jalen Mills has been a, Horrible. Most of the defense has not been good, but Jalen Mills, I think, probably been the worst signing of them all so far, especially in the defensive end. I think whoever he's guarding, I think, has a big day. Yeah, they won forty-three nothing last year, but Anthony Linden, Anthony Linden's not coaching this team. They had what a punt block for a touchdown. They did a punt return for a touchdown. Like you, you know, they, yeah, they, their offense really didn't do a ton. Their first drive of the game, they went seventy-five yards, took up like eight minutes. You know, I think it was a Cam Newton run. So. If they can keep Herbert off the field for, you know, big periods periods of a time, yeah, they have a chance. I just – I don't see the defense – yeah, as you mentioned, they just – the defense can't get a big stop when they need to. I don't see it happen this week against Justin Herbert in this Chargers offense. I think they have too much for him. Um, very confident in the secondary right now. You know, Justin Jackson – or J.C. Jackson, just he's hit or miss. You know, Bills, as I mentioned, is horrible. So, I got Chargers 27-21. Yeah, I mean, I think the real story why the Patriots are three and four has because it has been their defense being inconsistent. I mean, I think Jones has played well. Jones played well enough to beat you know they, he played well enough to beat the Cowboys in that game. I think the defense has just been inconsistent all year. I mean, they'll have their good games against the Jets, and uh, the, they'll play well. They did play well against Tampa. I'll give them credit for that, but they weren't great against New Orleans. They were not good against Dallas. They were not they were terrible in the first half against Houston. This defense has just been too inconsistent. And I think that that's definitely going to be the biggest reason why they don't win this game in LA. I think they got a chance to win the game. I think they match up really well with the Chargers, the way the way that the Chargers can't stop the run. But I just think the defense is definitely going to be the biggest reason why the Patriots don't come out victorious this week. Yeah, absolutely. And I go back to that Texas game. What you saw from Houston, what you've seen from Houston, how do you allow David Mills to go up and down the field on you against that? Against you? They should have, they, they had no business winning the Houston game. 
Houston blew that game themselves. The way they, they call play call, the we're calling plays in the second half. They just started running the ball. So again, if they kept throwing like they should have, David Miller probably would have had a 450 yards against us. So yeah, I don't know how we slowed Justin Herbert. Um, we can't slow down the Houston Texans because that was that game was embarrassing. Oh, absolutely. So, well, yeah, yeah, we'll see. We'll see what happens here. It should be a re- it should be it should be a really good game. I think it's a good matchup for the Patriots. But as I've said, I just don't think the defense is good enough to beat a quarterback like Herbert. Yeah, absolutely. I I just don't think they are. I wish they were more consistent. You know, Judon, yeah, Judon has been the only really defensive guy that's been consistent all year. Nobody else had spent. Um, yeah, I think it does set up well because the way they can run the football with Harris, they kind of got going last week. Um, but yeah, like, you know, they can open it. I liked how they opened up the offense last week. I did now Bill was throwing it with three minutes left up by 50. So he really, well, he, he took out a lot of frustration last week. I hope they can last week because I think they do have a better chance, but yeah, I just don't trust their defense right now in a, in a big spot. I don't trust them to get that big interception. I'm it was always they created that big reception little late in the game. You know, we're in a big spot late in the, you know, they haven't done that any they can't do that anymore for for whatever reason. Obviously not having Gilmore hurts, but yeah, I just I don't trust this defense right now to to get us get get a big stop. Yeah, yeah, we'll see what happens on Sunday. Should be a good game between the Pats and the Chargers. But we got to go to a big AFC North matchup, and the Steelers travel to Cleveland to face the Browns. And I think this is going to be a defensive struggle. I think both offenses are really going to struggle. I don't care if Baker Mayfield plays or not. Uh, I just still think the Browns' offense is going to struggle. But I do think the Browns' offense will have more success than the Steelers' offense. And I think the difference in the game is going to be the pass rush of, of, of the Cleveland Browns. I think with Clowney and Garrett, they're going to get pressure on Big Ben, force Big Ben to make a mistake or two. And I think this is going to be a really, really low-scoring game between two division rivals. But I have the Browns being the team that goes to 5-3. and three. I got the Browns beating the Steelers 20-14. to 14. But, Justin, can the Steelers' defense carry them to their third consecutive win? I think they have a chance. This defense, um, in Xander's comment, Brown's defense could win them the game. Absolutely. Their defense is, um, it's been unbelievable. You know, last week they played well. Again, I, their defense could really carry them for how far they need to go. Um, it's, it's you know, especially on getting the pass. Um, they've been really good. Yeah, you know, I either Case Keenum or Baker Mayfield in this game. I don't think Case Keenum is a big downgrade right now than what Baker Mayfield is right now when he's injured. So, you know, Keenum's gone to a, um, a, uh, you know, gone to a champ game. And if in Sanders' comment, the Browns score a defense touchdown, they'll win. Um, ab- absolutely. Cause I, you know, but there's not going to be two, it's going to be an offensive struggle. And, uh, and, you know, he's, as Sanders says, he's got a pick got six and a fumble. And pick or, six or fumble. Now, yeah, I, I could very easily see that happen. I very easily could see the Browns uh, giving up a defensive score. And the thing about this Browns defense this year is, is you know, against the good offenses, they, they, they have struggled. They struggled against the Cardinals. They struggled against the Chiefs. They struggled against the Chargers. But against the bad quarterbacks, against the quarterbacks that aren't as good last week against the, against the Broncos, uh, they, they played well. Uh, in in uh, in week three against the Bears, they played really well. In in uh, in week uh, against the Vikings, and, you know Cousins is pretty good, but they played well against the Vikings. So this defense, it seems like the, the the worse the offense is, the better. The, the worse the offense are going against, the better they play. And this is a really good matchup for them against the Steelers. I think they should have a really good game against the Steelers. 
And I think we might have lost Justin there. But yeah, as I've said, I think it's going to be a really good matchup against the Steelers in this game. Uh, and, I, and I do. And that's why I got the Browns winning this game 20 to 14. Uh, we got a we got a, a matchup. We got an NFC matchup in Chicago as the Niners travel to Chicago to face the Bears. And in this game, I think that I think that uh, I think that the Bears, um, I think the Bears struggle offensively. I think the Niners' defense isn't as good as it's been, but I think the Bears struggle offensively. I think Nick Bosa is a big game getting pressure on Justin Fields. Uh, the Niners, I don't know who's going to start. I think Shanahan kind of left the door open in his press conference after the game against the Colts. I, I don't know if it's going to be Trey, Trey Lance. I think eventually if Trey Lance is healthy, he's going to start for the Niners. Uh, but I do think Jimmy Garoppolo starts this week. I think Mitchell gets some yards on the ground. I do think that. And I do think, again, just like in that Steelers-Browns game, I do think the Niners force a turnover on defense. That, that, that leads to a touchdown. I do think that, that I do think the Niners turn the ball over, too. That could lead to a bear score. I think this is a really close, low-scoring game. It's going to be a windy day in Chicago. It's going to be a low-scoring game. But at the end of the day, I trust the quarterback with more experience. Oh, Jimmy Garoppolo hasn't played well, but I trust him with more experience. I trust the better head coach in Kyle Shanahan. And that's why I got the Niners beating the Bears 23-17. to But, Justin, can the Bears' defense have a big game and get them back on track? It's going to be tough, but I think because I know um, Khalil Mack's now out. They may not have Kukin Nix again. Um, and I believe it, you know, Robert Quinn now – may have gotten COVID. He may be on the COVID list I saw this morning. So I, with all those biggies out, I need to be very tough. I had to win this game 21-13. Um, I think the Bears can get some pressure on on uh, Jimmy G or Trey Lance, whoever plays for him. Um, you know, the, the Bears have been good stopping the run. So if the Bears can kind of make Jimmy G have to beat him through the air, and if you can kind of slow down Debo Samuel – I think they, the Bears do have a chance to win this game. I, you know, they're going to have to create a turnover too. They're going to have to, as you mentioned, they're going to have to, you know, their defense is going to have to score a touchdown or two to win this game. Uh, their offense just isn't good enough right now. Um, you know, I, I think the Bears just are going to. I think the Bears just. I think the Bears defense keeps them in this game, but the nine. I think that I don't think their offense is enough to help them out in this game. I think you know and. The 49ers finally escaped the uh, the East Coast trip, 21-13, bouncing back from the Sunday night loss. Yeah, yeah, I, th- I think I think this is a game, and the Niners need to win it. I think they win this game. We got a game where we should all agree on. We got the Bengals traveling to New York to face the Jets, and the Bengals are playing great. Jamar Chase is playing great. Uh, 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 Joe Burrow is playing great, and the Jets they're gonna be starting Mike White this week, which is a completely uncompetitive quarterback performance. Uh, and I and I think that I think this game I think the Bengals win this game big. I got them win at thirty-one to ten. Justin, I assume you got the same. Yeah, I got twenty-four ten. I think this could be a kind of sleepwalk for the Bengals here in the first half. Uh, you know, you're coming off one of the biggest winning years. Um, I think you know Jets. Who knows who starts Mike White or Joe Flacco? Uh, but yeah, the Jets just got utterly embarrassed off a of bye week. And again, their first two plays coming out of bye week were two middle. Um, just, uh, yeah, like before Zach Wilson really showed, I know he's hurt now, but yeah, I think the Jets keep this thing close for the first half, but I think the Bengals find a way to pull away and win by two scores. And we got a comment from Xander. Nagy knows he's done after another, if the Bears, after this season, if the Bears don't finish close to 500, and he's 100% right about that. Nagy is definitely done if the Bears don't finish close to 500. I made a little bit of a mistake. We didn't get to our best bets yet. I kind of went on the week eight games and didn't get to our best bets. So we're going to now get to our best bets. And uh, I'll start with me uh, this week. As we just talked about the Bengals and Jets, I think the Bengals cover in this game. I know it's a 10-point spread, but I trust the Bengals covering the, the big number, 10 points at the Jets. Buccaneers and Saints. I just think the way Tom Brady's playing, 
I just think that uh, he's, he's red hot right now, and this Bucks offense is going to put up in the 30s against the Saints. And I think the Saints are just banged up without Tyron. And they, well, they won on Monday night, but granted, they're facing Geno Smith. and the, They're facing Geno Smith. I think that, that, that the Saints offense is, is, is going to struggle against the Buccaneers defense. And uh, I think with the injuries they have, they won't have Michael Thomas. They won't have Teron Armstead. That's still going to hurt them, and I think the Bucks cover there. And then, I, then, and then, then I got the Vikings over the Cowboys. I think Dax, and we're going to get to this. Dak's injury is going to, I think he, he might not be hundred percent. That's going to, that's going to play a fact. That's going to be a factor. Mike Zimmer is going to, the Vikings are tied with the league, tied for the league lead in sacks this year. Daniel Hunter's back. They got Everson Griffin back. Their defense is not great, but it's better. And I think they're going to get pressure on Dak Prescott. Mike Zimmer is definitely going to come after him. He's a really good defensive mind. He's going to come after Dak Prescott. I think the Vikings offense is going to move the ball against this Cowboys defense. That's why I got the Vikings. I'm getting points at home. That's why I got the Vikings plus two, two and a half against the Cowboys. Justin, your best bets. My first one, I got the Indianapolis Colts plus one at, at home Saturday, Sunday against. Um, actually, I'll start with the Bills. The Bills coming off by playing the Miami Dolphins. Two has played better the last two weeks. You know they lost for me thirty-five nothing. The Dolphins did. I think the Bills could win this game again by twenty. I think they'll put up. I think the Dolphins will put up some point. Just their secondary has just been so underwhelming this year. I don't see them making any stops in this game, and I think the Bills cruising. To a win. My second one, I got the Colts at home taking on the Titans. Um, the stock right now is so high for the Titans. They just beat the Bills and KC in a six-day span. You know, the, the Colts, too, opened up Sunday night as a two-and-a-half-point favorite. Monday morning, the Colts were a one-point dog. So, you know, every, everybody's on the Titans. I'll go against them. I'll take the home dog by one. Carlos did well. They're healthier this time. You know, they're healthier this time around, you know, when they played a few weeks ago. I'll take the Colts at home. And then I'll take Seattle one by three at home. Trevor Lawrence going to Seattle, uh, going to Seattle as a rookie quarterback. I know Seattle's not great right now. I know they're struggling without Russell Wilson. Um, Geno Smith, the last seven times he's been the starting quarterback, his teams have covered the spread. Um, I, I think Jacksonville's not going to be able to do a, much offensively in this game. They're improving the bit, the Jaguars, but I think Seattle does enough in this game. Um, I see them winning by a touchdown at home in the Jaguars. So those are our best bets, and we're gonna best bets, and we're gonna circle back to the week eight games, and we're gonna go to a game in Detroit as two really struggling teams. You got the Eagles heading to Detroit to face the Lions, and I think the way Dan Campbell's team has played all year, I think all that hard work is gonna pay off on Sunday because I think they're gonna beat an Eagles team with zero identity. They got no identity. Their coaching staff is terrible. They don't adjust at all. They keep playing that two deep zone. When, when teams are running the ball all over them, this Eagles coaching staff is a joke. It's an embarrassment. Nick Sirianni is not an NFL head coach. Jonathan Gannon is not a defensive coordinator. I think this Eagles coaching staff is a total joke and an embarrassment. That's why that's why I got the Lions winning this game. I think the Lions run the ball against this Eagles defense. I think, I think that's what they've done. They've been successful doing that this year with Jamal Williams and DeAndre Swift. I think they run the ball. I think they use Swift in the passing game. So I think the Lions move the ball. Obviously, I feel like the Eagles move the ball, but I do think Jared Goff is a quarterback who's going to play like make less plays and more and make more plays and less mistakes. I feel like the Lions, at least, I know they're zero seven. At least they have an identity. At least they know who they are. Uh, the Eagles don't, and that's why I got the Lions getting their first win on Sunday, beating the Eagles twenty-seven to twenty-four. But Justin, can the Eagle can Jalen Hurts have a big game and lead the Eagles to a much-needed win? I think they do. I- I do have the Eagles 26 to 21. I just, I think the Lions last week, I thought about it more and more. I think the Lions threw everything they had last week at the game against the Rams. They they fought hard. They lost. I Now you come home, you play an Eagles team that's not very good, yes, but they lost two bad games. They didn't play well last week in Vegas. I think the, I think the, Eagle, I think the Eagles come out 
on the road this week and take take the win 26 to 21. Um, I think Hurts against the defense plays well. I think he can run the ball against this team. I think, look, you know, I don't know why they kind of, you know, you go back Thursday night game against the Bucks. You know, they took them the second half to run the football. Um, I know Sanders is questionable, but whoever's running the ball, if it's Kenneth Gainwell, I think the Eagles do enough on the ground. I think they keep Jared Goff in this off and the Detroit offense off the field enough. I know the, the Eagles defense stinks. I mean, their linebacker court is probably the worst in football right now. But I think they attack the secondary Eagles. And I'll take Jalen Hurts to go on the road and get the win 26 to 21. So you changed your pick. You, I remember in the text, I think you had the, yeah. the uh, Lions winning. I did have the Lions. To the Eagles. Did have the Lions, then you changed it to the Eagles. Yes. But we'll get on to an NFC, yep. an AFC South matchup in Indianapolis as the 5-2 and two Titans, who arguably look like the best team in the, NF, in the AFC right now, face the 3-4 Colts. This is a huge game for the Colts. The Colts need to win this game to have any shot at winning the AFC South because the Titans beat them earlier in Week 3. They beat them earlier in the season. So I think the I think the Colts the Colts need to come out with a sense of urgency, and I think they come out with that sense of urgency. I do think Tennessee moves the ball, but I think the Colts off the Colts defense bends but doesn't break in this game and forces Tennessee to get, kick a couple of field goals. And I do think Carson Wentz is starting to play better. I think Jonathan Taylor's been a big reason why. Jonathan Taylor's been really good running the football. I do think Carson Wentz gets the ball to you know Michael Pittman in this game, and he gets the ball to Mo Alley Cox. And I do think this is a close competitive game, but I'm going to go with the upset. I'm going to go with the Colts at home beating the Titans. 27 to 23, but Justin, can Derrick Henry continue to help the Titans? Can Derrick Henry this week help the Titans put the AFC South away? Very possible. Derrick Henry is one of the best bets. But I, you know, I, one of my best bets, I do have Indy winning this game 27 to 24. Um, I think the Colts do bottom them up enough to kind of slow them down enough. Um, you know, I really like the way Carson Wentz has been playing. He's only thrown one interception in the year, more healthy. So, you know, the RPO, I think, maybe come factor. Um, but I think they do slow them down enough. I think, you know, the Colts defensively are healthier, too, this time around. You know, they're so banged up, too, to the beginning of the year. Um, you know, they pretty much been hurt since, you know, training camp started. So, I think their defense does enough. You know, um, I think they were better in the second half trying to stop the run. I think they kind of get, you know, they do enough at the line. Um, you know, like Darius Leonard kind of, you know, steps up. Um Makes a couple of key plays. I think, you know, the line of scrimmage. I think the Colts defensive line, you know, can bottle, can kind of bottle up Derrick Henry in this game. I think it's such a huge game for the Colts. You know, uh, Frank Wright's first year, they won nine of the last 10 games. I think, you know, the Colts just kind of improve under Frank Wright year after year, you know, after week after week. They continue to improve. I think they do get this win at home, 27 to 24. They've given up big plays a lot. You know, um, passing in the running game, they you know they can't allow Derrick Henry to have too many big runs here, and I think they limit him enough to win this to find a way to win this game. We'll stay in the AFC South as as uh, the Texans ho- host the Rams this week, and uh, I think this is this should be an easy win for the Rams. I know they struggled last week against the Lions, but that was kind of the Lions Super Bowl. I mean, when they were playing the Rams, that was their Super Bowl. They were all the Lions were all motivated to face. Matthew Stafford, Jared Goff is motivated to face his former team. So I felt like that game was going to be closer than people think. Well, that's not going to be the case this week. The Houston Texans are absolutely terrible. They're an absolute joke of an NFL franchise right now. And the Rams are going to, are going to, are going to prove that they are this week as they compl- they're going to completely destroy them. I think they'll be able to do whatever they want on the ground with Sony Michelle and Dontrell Henderson. I think Stafford's going to throw a couple touchdown passes. And I think the tech that the Rams are going to get pressure on uh, Davis Mills all day. That's why I got the Rams winning big 34 to 10. Justin, I assume you got the same. 
Yeah, I got 27 to 28 to 7. Um, Rams win this one. Yeah, I think it to be a long day with Texas. They won a them last week, kind of fell in. Maybe they still give the Cardinals a game here, but they, they got blown out after that. Um, they couldn't do anything. So, yeah, I think the Rams do whatever they want in this game. Do Hunter Henderson has a big game on the ground. Um, you know, Cooper Cup continues to have a really nice season. Um, I just don't see Tennessee – I mean, Houston being able to do anything offensively. I think it's going to be a long day for Davis Mills. They're not going to be able to do much at all. And Durant could probably pretty much name their score going in this game, how much they want to win by. So, yeah, I got the Rams winning big. NFC South matchup in Atlanta as the three and four Panthers who've lost four in a row face the three and three Falcons. And I'm going with the team with the much better quarterback in this game. Matt Ryan right now is a much, even though Matt Ryan might be, might not be as good as he was, you know, a couple of years ago, he's still much better than Sam Darwin in this game. And I think he, I think he has a pretty good game against this uh, Panthers defense. He, he won't turn the ball over like Sam Darnold. Sam Darnold was absolutely terrible. At the, in his return to the Meadowlands last week, he was absolutely pathetic. The interception he had to James Bradbury, uh, that third and two, which he had a wide open, he had a wide open throw on third and two. He completely missed the tight end on third and two. That is inexcusable. If you want to be a franchise quarterback in this league, you got to hit that throw. And you're and you're hearing that from a huge Sam Darnold supporter, somebody who wanted the Giants to draft Sam Darnold number two overall. So thank that's the one good decision Gettleman made. Thank God they didn't because right now he is definitely proving that he's not a franchise quarterback, and I think he's going to turn the ball over once or twice against the Falcons. And that's why I got Atlanta going to four and three and. The Panthers losing their fifth in a row. I got the Falcons winning 26 to 17. But Justin, can the Panthers defense get pressure on Ryan? And can Darnold play mistake free for the Panthers to snap their four-game losing streak? Yeah, I think, you know, I got Atlanta win this game 23 to 14. Um Carolina's done a good job getting the quarterback. They've got um like 18 in the year, but only they've only had four though. They're um during this four-game losing streak. They did, you know, they did have um they did have four against the Saints, which, you know, Saints offensive line is pretty good. So they get the quarterback. They haven't been able to the last few weeks. Um, and I, so I think the Panthers can. But the Falcons off of the line been playing well. They've only given up nine sacks on the year. Um, they they got to get, you know, uh, Reg's been good getting there. I think he's got four or five on the year. But I don't – I just don't really think this Carolina team is going to be able to do that in this game. And I think, yeah, Matt Ryan's been playing really, really well. Going into the game last week, you know, this discounting last week, you know, he had eight touchdowns and zero interceptions last three games. Last week he threw two touchdowns, one interception. Um, but he had a fumble loss too last week. But um didn't, you know, it doesn't, you know, he's finally getting Kyle Pitts going as well. They finally in, you know, got him going the game plan. It it's been great. You know, he did 136 yards last week. Um I think Matt Ryan can kind of do whatever whatever uh, you know, whatever he wants in this game. But um I just and then for the Panthers, the offense. I don't think they're gonna be able to do a lot. They, you know, Darnold's really missing Christian McCaffrey right now. Um, you know, he's thrown seven interceptions the last four weeks. I just don't see. You know, he was horrible last week against the Giants defense that really played better, but it, you know, it's banged up. And um, I, I, you know, again, it looks like I hate to say it, but it looks like he does see ghosts out. No, some of those throws he makes, I don't know where he's looking to, or you know, they're just horrible decision making. So, I, you know, I have the Falcons in this game 23 to 14. They should take care of his at home. And Sam Darnold, I don't admit I was wrong. Sam Darnold is proving, and I'll give Jace the credit because he knew it from day one. Sam Darnold is proving why he's not a franchise quarterback. I, and I know the excuses are going to come out again for him. Oh, he doesn't have Christian McCaffrey. His offensive line's not any good. Well, how long do excuses happen? Eventually, you got to figure it out. And the problem is Sam Darnold just hasn't figured it out. He still throws that one terrible turnover every single game. 
you know, he still misses that throw just like he missed on third and two on, uh, just like he missed on third and two on uh, on Sunday. He's got to fit. He, he just hasn't figured it out. And right now, the Panthers are in a really bad situation because you have really don't have a great quarterback uh, coming out next year, and you didn't draft a quarterback this year. I think I think they're regretting the fact they didn't take they didn't take Mac Jones or Justin Fields because Sam Darnold is just not the answer. No, yeah, you know, I think they very well could be. Yeah, because, you know, and I know with the Jets, you kind of say, well, the coaching kind of probably, you know, destroyed him. But, yeah, he hasn't gotten any better. It's just he making the same mistakes he did his rookie year. And he's got Joe Brady now. So you can't make any excuse about coaching. We got Joe Brady as your yeah. offensive coordinator. You saw what Joe Brady did to, with, Joe Bur- with Joe Burrow that last year at LSU. Yeah, and that, you know, what, what he's able to put together with that team. Yeah, you know, because they have some good ones around. I know there's no CMC, but yeah, he, like Robbie Anderson um, is a really good receiver. DJ Moore is a good DJ receiver. DJ Moore is one of the, um, DJ Moore is one, it's very underrated, very underrated. Get that guy a quarterback, he can put up huge numbers. Yeah. Oh, yeah, no, absolutely. He, he can. You know, they just, yeah, they just don't have, you know, they haven't been able to, um, you know, Sam just hasn't been able to put it together. You know, he looked good with McCaffrey, but the last few weeks, I just think it's a confidence thing with him. I just think he's got absolutely zero confidence right now. And it's really shown. And, yeah, they have Phil Walker behind him, but he's nothing special. And, yeah, there's not, there's not a great franchise quarterback out there this year. You know, Corral looks good. You know, Malik Willis has had his up and downs this year. But Kenny Pickett, he, but he's like 24 already. So, it, it's one of those things. But, yeah, you know, they, they're definitely – Regretting that decision right now. Um, I thought it'd be good for Sam. I thought he looked good the first three, three weeks, but yeah, it just it's the same issues he had since his rookie year, and it's a problem. Absolutely, absolutely. But we got to get to another team that has, doesn't have confidence in their quarterback, and that's the Miami Dolphins, who go to Buffalo to face the Bills. And this was your best bet. You have them covering. That shows you the sad state of the Dolphins organization. You have them covering in a division game. I know the Bills are a top team, but you had only you have the Bills covering in this game, and I think the Bills cover as well. I think the Bills, uh, Josh Allen has a huge week against a defense that has played poorly this season. I think that they are able to run, even though they don't run the ball great, they, I think they'll be able to run the ball with Singletary and Moss. I think Allen throws a couple touchdown passes. And I do think, too, I think he competes, he battles, but he throws an interception here. And here's the problem with the Miami Dolphins. You know the Dolphins are an organization that does not have any self-esteem. They, they listen to outside noise, and that's why they are losers, and they've been losers since Dan Marino's been there. They have been losers for years, and that's why and they have no self-esteem as an organization that they can't handle people saying, oh, you should have taken Justin Herbert. The minute the minute Tua comes back from injury, they lose to Jacksonville, they're, they, they are, they're already trying to trade for Deshaun Watson. This organization has no self-esteem, and that's why it's one of the worst organizations in the NFL, the Miami Dolphins, and they just have – there's a reason this team hasn't won a playoff game since 2000. This organization – is, is a garbage organization. They're going to have a GM who's probably going to end up getting fired and should for passing on Justin Herbert and now trying to trade Tua after Tua's only, Tua is only he's, I don't even think he's at 15 starts yet, and they're trying to trade him. That's why this organization is a total joke and an embarrassment. That's why the, the, that's why the Dolphins are just a flat-out embarrassment. And and, and you, 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 it's hard enough to win with distractions in this league. They have, they have way too many distractions right now. That's why they're going to get crushed to the Bills this week. Yeah, you said it. it's you know they they had a chance to draft Drew Brees, but because the doctor said no, they don't. You can't. They had a chance to sign, sign Drew, Drew Brees. Sign Drew Brees. Sign Drew Brees. Oh yeah, yeah they could have Drew Brees, yeah. and they end up with Dante Culpepper. There's so many mistakes this organization has made. They couldn't win a Super Bowl with two of the, with, the, with one of the greatest coaches of all time and one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. 
They couldn't even win a Super Bowl. They got to one Super Bowl with Dan Marino and Don Shula, who are, who are, which is one of the best coach quarterback combinations in the NFL. When your team had that great coach quarterback combination, they won six Super Bowls and got to nine. This, the Dolphins had that combination. They only got to one Super Bowl. It shows you how big of an embarrassment this organization is. They can't even, they, they don't have confidence in a guy they took two years ago, number five overall. A guy they tanked for, they, they, they got rid of Mika Fitzpatrick and Laramie Tunzel and tanked for, and now they want to, and now, and, and now they want to trade him. It's, it's, it's crazy. This organization is trash, total trash, the Dolphins, complete trash. And now, you know, and I think Deshaun Watson's a great quarterback, but he could be in jail in a year. It shows you this organization has no self esteem at all. No, you're absolutely. It just they don't. Um, yeah, two of they again. He fell in the lap at number four. It, you kind of felt like, oh, here come the Dolphins. You know, they they should be zero and seven. They, they they should have no business with you know winning. Yeah, if your quarterback knew how to, knows how to hold on to the ball in the red zone, they'd be zero and seven. Yeah. No, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. For, yeah. Doesn't fumble the ball there. So yeah, it just yeah, it's kind of like you felt the Dolphins are finally turning a corner. This was kind of going to be the year. You know, they win 10 games and get, and get back to the playoffs. But, no, it's just – they just – you know, Byron Jones has been not as being good. Um, you know, um, Xavier Howard hasn't been as, as good either, you know. And, yeah, just kind of mis- continue to make mistakes. And they are already kind of losing confidence to Tua, which I thought Tua's looked better. I know he had two terrible interceptions last week, but I thought he's looked better as a pot, you know, more pocket passer. Again, the, the size is going to be tough for him. He's, he's – what, 10, 5, 11, and, you know, they just, yeah, they, they just continue to miss guys, you know, especially at the quarterback spot, and you can't do that anymore in the NFL, you know. I like Brian Flores as a coach, but, you know, this year it's, I'm, you know, the thing confidence-wise, they just can't, they don't have a good running game. You know, Devontae Parker's, you know, is a good wide receiver. can't stay on the field. You know, Jalen Warner hasn't done much so far as a rookie, but I think he could be talented. But yeah, it just this Dolphins team right now, this organization is just—it's horrible. They haven't, you know, again, they're on 21 years of really not having really a franchise quarterback since, you know, and I mean, they really and, haven't and you, you know, kind of left. And, and, and you had a decent quarterback in Ryan Tannehill. You had a guy that was close to a franchise quarterback in Ryan Tannehill, yeah. and you see what Ryan Tannehill can do when you support him with good players around him when he's in a much better organization. Tannehill won, you know, seven, eight games. I don't think Tannehill's great, but I think Tannehill's still a pretty good quarterback. He's probably the best quarterback the Dolphins had since Marino, but the problem is the organization Tannehill was in, that was the issue with Tannehill. Now that Tannehill's with the Titans, he, I, don't think he, I don't think he's a top 10 quarterback. I don't think he's a great quarterback, but if you put the right piece around Tannehill, you could win a Super Bowl with him. But the thing with the Dolphins is, you know, as the Dolphins normally do, they don't put the right piece around their quarterback. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and I think, yeah, because, you know, he was a product of Adam Gase and, for yeah, winning seventy eight games with Adam Gates is pretty impressive. So yeah, I think he's obviously he's definitely good enough, Brian Tannehill. If he, like what the Titans have done, yeah, the Titans have added pieces to make him better. You know, the Dolphins haven't done that. They tried to waddle. It, you know, again, it's I guess too early. You know, but like they they haven't gotten the right weapons. You know, Will Fuller hasn't been in the field. You know, like now, yeah, Tannehill now has you know AJ Brown, Julio Jones, the best. You know best running backs and Derrick Henry in the game, you know? Yeah. So they haven't been able to kind of, you know, the Dolphins just, they haven't put built the right team together. And yeah, it's been an issue and because my issue will go to Miami. It's, it's Miami. So, you know, like they just haven't found the right group of guys to kind of put together. Cause it's been, they, they've been horrible. And 
it kind of felt like they were turning the tide a little bit. And this year, they kind of went right back to what the Dolphins have been the last, you know, 20, 25 years. It, you know, it's kind of horrible. And third, you know, battling with battling for fourth place or third, fourth place every year in the AFC East. It's just been been horrible. They just can't find the right – they can't just find the right pieces. And you've seen yeah, what Dementia, what Tannehill's done outside of um, Miami. He's he's definitely good enough. They're definitely good enough with Ryan Tannehill's quarterback to go – to lead them to the Super Bowl. They have enough guys around them. So you're absolutely right about that. Yeah, so we'll move on. Uh, we've been off of the Dolphins. We'll move on to the uh, Bucks and the Saints. And uh, I think this is this is this is, uh, you know it's one of my best bets. NFC, good NFC South battle, but I just don't feel like the Saints have the roster or the quarterback play to keep up with Tom Brady. As I said, that's why I have them. It's one of my best bets. I just don't think the roster for the Saints right now or the quarterback play is enough to keep up with Tom Brady. But Justin, the big question is here: is can the Saints get revenge on what happened last year in the playoffs and beat Brady and the Bucks for the third time in, in four games? I think they have a chance. I, this is a revenge game for James Winston. He can get back at the Bucs now. Um, I had the Bucs win this game 31-27. I think at the Super Bowl, Superdome 2, I think the Saints play well. Um, I think they I think they do get some stuff going with James Winston. I think with how bad the secondary is, I know not having Michael Thomas hurts, but, you know, he's got Callaway. Uh, they got um, Tricon Smith back. So last week, I know he went one catch. I need three targets. Like, you know, he's probably going to be more incorporated in the game this week. I don't think Kamara is going to be able to have 10 catches though this week against, against the Buccaneers. He may, but I don't think he's going to go. He's not going to have too many big receptions um, against the Buccaneers linebacking core. Um, but I, I, I see James playing well in this game. I don't, you know, the Saints, the Saints defensively kind of banged up. They're missing some guys, but, you know, they've lost some guys in the offseason. But the Saints played them tough last year. The Saints, you know, blew them out um, in both regular season games. So I think, you know, I think the Saints keep this game close. Yeah, and don't Drew Brees this year, but Drew Brees wasn't great last year. He was good, but it was not the Drew Brees that we all kind of expected. So I think the Saints keep this in close. They're at home. It's a revenge game for Jameis Winston. He probably makes a mistake or two in this game. But I like Jameis Winston keeping this game close and giving his team a chance to win this game on Sunday. You bring up, though, that the Saints have played the Bucks tough. That was last year, and it's, it's a different roster, though. I mean, the roster is just not as good. I mean, they, they won't, obviously don't have Michael Thomas or Tyron Armstead. And then you look at the secondary pieces, the B-level players, the Saints, because of salary cap issues they had to get rid of. I mean, uh, Trey Hendrickson, who's had a really good year with the Bengals. Jared Cooks, I mean, he's, he's definitely an upgrade over Adam Troutman. Uh, Emmanuel Sanders, he's an upgrade over anything the Saints have at receiver right now. So, I just don't think the Saints. I think the Saints arguably had a, as, as good or a better of a roster that the uh, that 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 the, that the Buccaneers had last year. There was a reason they won they won twelve games last year with Breeze not being able to throw the ball down the field. But I just don't think the roster. It's it's just not as good. That's why I think the game is going to be a two. That's why that's why I think the Bucks win by two scores. Even though it's in New Orleans, that's why I think they win by two scores. Yeah, I could see it. You know, with that, yeah, with everything out, with everybody out for the Saints. Yeah. It, in the- Pieces they lost this year. They've really, they haven't really gotten much of the passing going. You know, Michael Thomas hasn't been there really in two years. Yeah, losing Jared Cooker. Um, you know, like I want to see Traycon Smith can kind of get things going here. I know last year he wasn't great. You know, he only had one catch, I believe. Or, I mean, no, he had 34, but I don't, you know, I know Jameis was kind of talking that they you know that they've really kind of gotten like chemistry going in practice. So like, I think he could have a big game this week against, against a Bucks secondary that again is horrible. 
you know, they don't have much right now in that secondary. So, like, I think I think New Orleans can put up some points to keep this thing interesting. Um, you know, yeah, yeah, they're not going to be able to run the ball against them. I don't see Kamara, you know, having, you know, too big of a game on the ground. Um, but, yeah, they've lost a lot of pieces. But I think, too, like, like playing the Super Dome, that's a tough way to play. I think they put – I think they keep – they do somehow keep this in close. I could see them, too, like, back kind of make you know, making this a one-score game late – and, you know, have an opportunity to kind of get the onside kick and get the win. But, yeah, I just, you know, I see the Saints kind of playing hard this game. I see them having a chance. But, um, yeah, I think Tom Brady and the Bucs just, I think, are too much. But I think to keep this thing close. I, I I do, even though I know they only scored 13 points against the Saint, the Seahawks. Um, I think they – I do think they come out and play well in this game. We got the Washington football team heading out to Denver to face the Broncos. And I think this is a close, low-scoring game. Both quarterbacks have struggled recently. But I'm going to go with the quarterback I trust to make less mistakes. And, and I know the Broncos won't have Von Miller, but I trust Teddy Bridgewater to make less mistakes than Taylor Heineke. I feel like uh, I think like Bridgewater – this is a game where Bridgewater can manage. It's not he's, – he's not playing – you know, he's not playing the Ravens. He's not, he's not playing – he's not playing a team where he's going to have to come – he's not going to have to play from behind in. Like the charge – he's not going to play – he's not playing a team like the Ravens or a team where he's going to have to, you know, come from way behind to come back and win the game. So that's why I think Bridgewater will be able to manage this game just like he did against the Jets – just like they did in the three-game winning streak against the Jets, Jaguars, and Giants. A game Bridgewater, Bridgewater can manage. I think they get up early. I think Heineke – the Washington, Washington makes a late run and the game the game's close. But I think at the end of the day – Denver's defense, even though they want to have Von Miller, they'll make a play against Taylor Heineke. And that's why I got Denver going to four and four and Washington going to two and six. And I got the Broncos winning 20 to 16 over the Washington football team. But Justin, can Washington get pressure on Bridgewater and can Heineke make enough plays for them to snap their three game losing streak? I think they will. I think they go on the road and win this game 24 to 20. Um, you know, they did a good job against Rodgers. Got to him three times. I think they could get to um, Teddy a couple times before time. It could be enough. Maybe it forces a, a fumble or two in the game as well. Force them to throw a bad interception. So I want to get some pressure on them. I thought their defense played better last week. You know, they lost 24-10. But I, I thought I saw some improvement from Washington. You know, so it wasn't great. But I saw them play a little bit better. I just don't think Denver is really any good. Yeah, I know, you know, no Von Miller, no Chubb. Um, I think they find a way. I think Gibson can play well. I know Denver in the back end is pretty good, but I could see Big Warren making some some plays for Taylor Heineke. Again, they drove the ball against the Packers, and I, you know, I know we mentioned it. They were 0 for 4 in the red zone. That doesn't really happen. And that was the first time hey, going into that game was, you know, opponents were 14 for 14 against them in the red zone and, you know, of scoring touchdowns. So, you know, I, I think, you know, Washington again is going to ball. Oh, you know, enough in this game. And I think Taylor Heineke makes enough plays. I think Gibson can run the ball against these, you know, without Chubb, without Von Miller. And I, I think Washington goes on the road to win. I don't think Denver's, you know, I think Denver's kind of, again, I think injuries have, you know, have kind of hurt this team. The offense isn't great. I'll take Washington to go on the road and find a way to win this game. We got the Jaguars heading to Seattle to face the, uh, the Seahawks. And I think this is a, a really competitive game. I think James Robinson has a big day on the ground. I think Trevor Lawrence continues to play well, just like he did against the uh, against the uh, against the, the Dolphins. Uh, but I do think this is a game where Geno Smith plays well. I do think Geno Smith plays well against his defense, and I do think that the uh, the Seahawks win this game. I got them winning at twenty eight twenty four. And Justin made a good point. Geno Smith always does a good job covering the spread. 
cover the spread against the, they were able to cover the spread against the Steelers. Even though they lost, they were able to cover the spread against the uh, against the Saints. When Geno Smith is quarterback, the Seahawks always cover the spread, and you think they're going to do the same on Sunday? I do. Uh, I think it's very low scoring at the Seahawks win this game, twenty-one to thirteen. Uh, you know, um, or twenty thirteen. My bad. Um, but yeah, I just think going in this game, you know, I, I think for Jacksonville, you know. Trevor, it's a tough place to go to. You know, like you're, Jacksonville are going to have to do a lot of silent count. You got a rookie quarterback. You got like inexperience there. Like I think it could be a tough day for Jacksonville. Offense, you're going to have to do a lot of stuff under, you know, under center. Um, I think Geno played well enough. I think their defense has played better since since um, you know, Russell Wilson got hurt. I think they've really stepped up and played better. Um, and I think you know, Geno Smith doesn't make a, a lot, ton of mistakes in this game. I think they manage it well. You know, they hit, you know, really, I know last week they really, much of their offense came on that, you know, big DK Metcalf touchdown there in the first quarter. Um, but I, I have confidence Seattle can win this game at home. I know they're two and five, but again, we know the Seattle crowd is going to come out, you know, be one of the loudest crowds in the league. And I think it's a rough day for Jacksonville and their, in their offense to really get much going, especially, and I know Jacksonville's offense has gotten better, Trevor Lawrence really better, but I think this could be a tough day for them just with the environment. We got the Sunday night game tonight. We hope Xander's still with us because we wanted to make comments about this. We hope Xander's still 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 with us, still listening right now. As we got the five and one Dallas Cowboys heading to Minnesota to face the three and three Vikings. This was my best bet. I really love the Vikings in this spot. Uh, getting two and a half points. A big reason why is I don't think Dak is 100%. And knowing the Cowboys, if he's not 100%, they will make the mistake. Mike McCarthy will probably make the mistake of putting him out there on that field. And I do think that uh, I do think that, that Minnesota will get pressure on him, maybe force a turnover or two. I do, but I do think though they will have the Cowboys will have success running the ball. That's why I do think they move the ball a, a little bit in this game. I do think they'll have success move, running the football with with Pollard and Zeke. But I do think this Vikings, I do think this Cowboys defense is decent, but it's not great. And I think the Vikings offense is really good. I think it's better on the offensive line, especially having Christian Darisau back. I think Dalvin Cook's done a really good good job running. He's going to be there running the football. Kirk Cousins get the ball to Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen. I think the, the interesting matchup is going to be that Trayvon Diggs against Justin Jefferson matchup. We'll find out if the Cowboys play a lot of a lot of man coverage. We'll find out how good how good. Uh, Trayvon Diggs is this week, especially facing a receiver like Justin Jefferson. He'll be the best receiver he's faced so far this year. So I think this is obviously a close competitive game, but I think the difference is going to be is the, the pressure that Mike Zimmer is going to put on Dak Prescott and force him to maybe make a mistake or two. And I don't think Dak's going to be 100%. And we know the Cowboys, they've been known to make mistakes like this. And I think they're going to make that mistake if Dak is 100% and play him this week. That's why I my best bet. I love the Vikings getting those two and a half points. That's why I got them winning the game 31 and 24. But Justin, can Zeke and Dak keep the Cowboys' momentum going for them to get their sixth straight win? I have changed my pick on this one as well. I have the Vikings now win seven twenty four. I I think you know I think coming off a of bye two, the Cowboys were just in such a good rhythm offensively. I think this is one of the cases where the bye week may have hurt them because they they were just humming along offensively. Um, I think they could play well. As you mentioned, I think Mike Zimmer is going to bring a lot of pressure, and it's you know Dak may not be health, you know be, may not be 100 in this game, um, and I think that could be a, a question. Even though Dallas is off in the line, um, has been pretty good this year. They've only given up nine sacks, or yeah, nine um, nine sacks in the year. But I think you know Dalvin Cook's going to be healthy. I think Kurt, you know, and you look at Dak's and um, Kirk Cousins' stats, they're pretty similar. Like they, you know, 
both guys have been pretty good all year. Um, you know, um, where are they? Um, with, so Dak's thrown for, you know, over 1,800 yards so far, 16 touchdowns, four interceptions. Kirk Cousins has thrown over for um, for um, over 1,700 yards so far, 13 touchdowns, two interceptions. Like, both quarterbacks have played pretty well. I think, you know, they got Dalvin Cook back. They still have Al- Alexander and Madison, who, again, the, both backs are really good that the Vikings have. Um, I think they keep the Dallas offense off the field enough in this game. And, yeah, you know, I think they're going to be able to spread around against this Vikings defense. But I think Kirk Cousins makes enough plays. You know, the Vikings should be 4-2 and two as well. They should have beat the Cardinals in, you know, um, week number two. They lost on a field goal. So, you know, they also lost in overtime against the Bengals. They've lost a lot of tight games, and they also lost by a touchdown in Cle- or against Cleveland. So, Minnesota's been in every game. Find a way to win this one at home on Sunday night, 27-24. And you made a good point, Justin, about Minnesota. You know, they are better. They are definitely an improved team this year. If you look at their losses, they lost in overtime to the Bengals. Everybody thought that was a bad loss to start the year. They're definitely – they're they're an improved team. Uh, in in uh, in week two, they lost to Arizona. They look like one of the best teams in football. Then then uh, then they, uh, they they won in week three, and then, then they then – then they, but in week four they lost to the Browns, but it's still a competitive game. So all three of their losses have been really, really competitive game. They beat the Seahawks in a. They they, they beat the Seahawks they in week three the there, and then they beat they, then they lost the Browns, oh, yeah. beat the Lions, mm-hmm. and then beat the Panthers. So and they they destroyed. I know that game was close. But they destroyed the Panthers from scrimmage. So the Vikings are a. Very, I think they very easily can get the number six or seven seed. They very. I don't think they'll win the division, but I think they'll get a wild card. So good point there. Minnesota has really really played well. And it would not be a surprise at all if they win this football game Sunday night. No, actually not. I know Kirk Cousins hasn't been great in the primetime game, but I think with the Dallas defense, I think he can make enough plays in this game. Um, yeah, they, they just lost a lot of tough ones. I know they, you know, they had a tight competitive game. It's a line, but it's a divisional game. And yeah, like they should have beat, you know, like the, you know, the Panthers that final drive went 99 yards to tie it up before OT. So like, you know, how many times do you really allow that to happen? So you know, they may have not played overtime that week. But, yeah, they've, they've lost a lot of close games. They've been right there. And I think this is one where they find a way to get over the top like they did a few weeks ago into the Panthers. You know, they could have – after that drive they allowed, they could have really kind of shut down, found a way to lose that game. But they didn't. They bounced back and won the game. So, I think they find a way again this week to, to take this one. Yeah, it should be a good one between the Cowboys and the Pan- the Cowboys and the Vikings. It'll be very interesting to see what happens. But – the World Series started last night, but before we talk about that, we got a promo from Clovercrest Media. It's been a pretty wet summer in Connecticut, and that means more mosquitoes than ever. If you didn't have your home service for mosquito control and find you're spending most of your time outside flooding those little pests, you are in luck. Mosquito Shield of Central Connecticut provides the best value in mosquito control services because of how they treat your yard using the Mosquito Shield Tailored Treatment System. They don't use a fixed schedule or an identical product one-size-fits-all service program because you can't control mosquitoes on a set number of sprays or visits. Unlike the competition, Mosquito Shield of Central Connecticut will service you for this season whatever it takes to provide superior results. This promise has awarded them an industry-leading consumer retention rating of 90%. Visit MosquitoShieldCT.com to schedule an appointment with Wade the Cesare and enjoy the rest of your summer mosquito-free. That was Mosquito Shield. Make sure you mention Sports Talk with RNJ. Make sure that, that, that you mention the Sports Talk and RNJ sent them and they'll get you a discount. So check them out at MosquitoShield.com. 
Uh, so we had the World Series start last night, and the Braves were ready for it as uh, Jorge Salar, first batter of the game, hits a home run. Uh, then Austin Riley hits a double, puts him up 2 nothing. Then then in the third inning, Adam Duvall, another guy they, the Braves picked up the trade deadline. The Braves clearly won the trade deadline. There's no question about it. I mean, he hits another home run, puts puts the Braves up uh, five to nothing, and they cruise onto a six to two victory. But the not all was good in the Braves win as they probably lost Charlie Morton for the series as he took a ground ball off his leg. He's a fractured leg. It looks like that Morton is going to be out for the remainder of this series. And uh, looking at it right now, uh, and looking at the losses with 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 with, with the Astros not having McCullers for this series, uh, probably they, they don't have McCullers for the series, right, Justin? Yeah, yeah, he's out. Done. Yeah, yeah he's so out. they won't have McCullough for the series, and they won't have a, and they won't have a, and the Braves won't have Morton. Who is a bigger loss right now for their team? In my opinion, I think it's, uh, I think it's, I think it's, I think it's going to be Morton because, because of the, because I think with the one advantage the Braves had in this rotation, in this series, was their rotation. But Justin, who do you think is a bigger loss, uh, Morton or McCullough for their team? I have more because, yeah, as you mentioned, they're down to really two starters now, Max Reed and Ian Anderson. The rest are really going to have to do like a bullpen game. So, and, you know, the chances of all those guys using the opener, you know, they pan out all, you know, because you're going to have to probably use four or five, maybe six guys, depending on, you know, who goes in. The chances of all, you know, chance of all those pitchers actually being on at the same time or same night, again, you know, without one having an off night, it's pretty rare, especially against a, lineup like the Houston Astros. You know, Moore's been good too. You know, he's he pitched last year with the Rays in the postseason, you know, got to the World Series, you know, 19 with the Rays. He's been with the Astros too. Like he knew the these you know a lot of these Astros hitters because he played with them for a couple of years. So I think Moore's such a good game big game pitcher. Um you know he really shut them down you know the time he was in there last night. So I do think it's Charlie Morton because last you know they got they got through without him in the LCS. I know it was rocky for for the for the Astros, but they're able to find a way. I think the Astros can, but I think more just because he's been such a big game pitcher um, the last few years. He's been good, so I think more it's a, a huge loss now for the Braves. Now uh, the Braves they lead the series one game to none. What do they have to? You saw last night their bat. Their bats did it. They did it. They did it with their bats, and they did it with and and they and Mar- and they did it with their bullpen. AJ Minter did a really good job. What do the Braves have to do to continue to have success in the series? I think the Braves, they got to continue what they did last night early on. Um, actually, you see how just kind of the Astros um, as of last night, 2-8 at home in the which, which is crazy. Um, you know, you would think, you would think, you know, they'd be a lot better, you know, playing at home, but for whatever reason, they, they haven't, which is crazy and probably, you know, big for tonight that they haven't been great at home. During the World Series, but um, you know, I think so far or with the Braves, what they did last night was kind of because the Astros don't have you know a lot of pitchers that are going to blow a lot of stuff by you, and you know if you can lay off their their kind of breaking ball stuff that's outside the zone and, and get some walks. And last night, you know, you kind of saw that they you know um, Valdez wanted to get some first pitch strikes, and the Braves kind of took advantage you know, early in the counts of kind of jumping on him like Solaire did. That was the first time in a game one that the leadoff hitter in the World Series, you know, hit a home run, uh, you know, and they kind of went off and running. I like their approaches around for the Braves. Um, you know, it, not, too, their bullpen's been really good as well. You know, um, you know, their bullpen's got to continue to pitch well. Now you don't have more, and so now it's going to put an extra kind of burn on your bullpen. I don't – the Braves haven't announced who they're calling up yet. 
I don't know if it's going to be another young starter or if they do have somebody else kind of down ready in the bullpen, but um, we'll, we'll see what happens, who they call up for the remainder of the series. But, but I, the Braves bullpen has been really, really good. So far, Tom Mazik, you know, has come out of nowhere this year. He's a guy that, you know, is on, you know, was really a guy that kind of got a spring training invitation. Didn't know if he was going to make the team, and he's been phenomenal so far. So, um, the Braves bullpen has been good. And then it's been the additions, you know, the Jorge Soler is, you know, Jack Pearson had, had a big series against the Brewers and the Dodgers. So, um, you know, Austin Riley has been on fire the second half of the year. Freddie Freeman's batted like 325 since May. So the, the, you know, the Braves have a lot, have a potent lineup. Um, they had to continue to, um, to, you know, in big at bats, you know, kind of, um, get guys home and, you know, continue to kind of beat uh, a tough out every time at the plate, like they have been so far in the playoffs. Um, and then, and then also since 1995, the game one winner of the World Series has won 21 out of 26 times. So last night, getting the game one victory was really huge for the Braves to kind of take advantage and get rid of take and take home field advantage away from the Astros, which Hector Rope doesn't even seem like they've even done well at home, you know, when they've gotten the home field advantage. So uh, you know, but the Braves kind of that from last night. Hey, great comment from our, our guy too, Hector. As you, as you mentioned, great comment by our, our guy Hector Velasquez. A Astros two and eight at home in World Series play, and, and uh, yeah, they lost. They lost game. I think they lost. They lost game four against the uh, against. They lost that game four against or game four against the Dodgers in 2017. Lost all three of their games against the uh, against the Nationals last year. So that's so that's so that's a. That that's that's four losses right there, and then uh, and then they lost those two games against the uh, against the White Sox. So that's two, three, I think it's six or seven. But the, the, you know, I don't know because I think it's but yeah, two and eight. I don't know the other one, the other two were, but two and eight. That that that's that's a that's a really bad record at home. But the big question is here: the Astros at home uh, playing game two. What do they need to do to get back into the series? What do the Astros got to do? Down 0-1. What do they have to do to get back into the series? For the Astros to get back into this, you know, they got to um, – they're two-out hitting. You know, they had 27 runs with two outs against the Red Sox and the ALCS. They, they've been unbelievable in that um, kind of – again, I think like five or six of them came in that game four – yeah, game four um, with that controversy call with Nathan Baldy there. You know, they, they destroyed that. And the bottom of the order, two's got to continue to get on base. You know, for the El Jose Altuve, the Jordan Alvarez, um, Michael Brantley – you know, because if you put those guys at the bottom of the order can get on um, with those hitters behind, you know, at the top of the order, they're very hard to get out. Um, so they got to continue the bottom of the order. It's got to continue to kind of get on base uh, here. So 0-2 for Chicago. Oh, yeah. Washington went all four. Yeah, Washington went all four. Washington went all four. Yeah, 0-2 against Chicago. And 0-1 against Atlanta. Great. Yeah, Hector got it. Hector nailed it right there. He's great. Oh, he is a, nice. He's the best. He's the best to get in. Getting yes. all those, getting all those stats. He's the best at that. I mean, that's great. Yeah. Oh, because I was thinking, oh, yeah. you know, maybe they lost three to Washington, and I forgot they lost all oh, four to Washington. Yeah, because they lost that game seven at home to Washington. Yeah. Yeah. So so crazy. Yeah. So yeah, two and eight. That's crazy to think of that. I mean, I don't consider. Oh, I don't connect 05 to these teams, but 017 and 019, I absolutely connect to these teams. Yeah. No. Absolutely. Yeah. To see that they've been that bad at home is is pretty surprising. You you wouldn't think of it because you know. 
they beat the Yankees all four in the CS, I believe, in 17. They won all four at home. Like, the, it seems like you're usually a pretty good home home team you know, during the playoff. But, yeah, you know, for whatever reason, we'll see they haven't been able to do it. So, I guess that's one of the keys. You got to win a you gotta win game tonight. You know, tonight, I guess, it must win because they don't win tonight. You're not getting back to Houston. So, you know, tonight, tonight's, like, must win to get the same time at home. But Altuve's batting 178 in the postseason. You know, they, he's got to get going. I know he's had a couple of big hits. Um, um, he hasn't really been able to get, you know, they, they got to get him going here at the top of the order um, to start having some success here. You know, can get on for Brantley. Can Brantley batting 340 in the playoffs? So he can get on. You know, they can get some run early. You know, big tonight, put some pressure back on the Braves would be kind of huge. So he's got to get going. And then they need the good Luis um, Garcia and Jose Arquiti because I know Garcia struggled um, game two against the Red Sox in the ALCS. Then he then he threw a lot better in game six, and then Arquiti struggled in his one um, outing so far in the playoffs. So if those two are on and can give just give some length, you know, four or five innings for the Astros. That's all about you see pitchers starting pitchers go nowadays in the playoffs. Then that could set up well with their bullpen because you know, Stanley's good, Ken's good, good. So. You know, their bullpen's been good. So if they can get, you know, Garcia and Urquidy can give them four or five kind of big innings. Um, they can keep them, keep their team in the game. That would be huge for the Astros to kind of have success here to, you know, tie this thing up tonight and, and get to uh, – and try to win another World Series, you know, in the next – you know, um, and try to win, you know, four, four games here in the upcoming week. Yeah, I think the Astros do win tonight. I think Urquidy pitches pretty well. I think he goes about, you know, four – and it goes about five innings, and I do think the Astros bats come out tonight. I know Max Fried is pitching, but I do think the Astros bats finally come out tonight. I think they win like you know a six four seven to five kind of game, but I do think the Astros win tonight. Justin, who you got tonight in game two? Yeah, I got to take the Astros. I don't think that they the you know I don't think they'll fall down o two here. Um, I think they do find a way to win this game. I'll go seven four um, tonight. Fried wasn't great the last outing against the Dodgers. Um, I do get them for a couple of runs here tonight, and I think they do find a way to for game five, game three on Friday to not to think not to see yourself at one. So uh, before we get to college football, before we wrap up, we gotta we gotta pick who we got to who we got winning this series. And I think I think it's gonna even though the Braves won game one, I think it's gonna be the Astros. I think the Morton loss is gonna be a huge loss. And you said it earlier because the Braves really now have really only two starters: Ian Anderson, who hasn't proven he can go deep into games, and Mac Free. Free. So the Braves really only have two starters. And it's I know the Astros rotation isn't great with your Katie Garcia and Valdez and Granke. But I think the Astros are – that was the one advantage the Braves had was the rotation. I don't think they have that that advantage right now. I think the Astros lineup is better. I think their bullpen is better. Even though in baseball, you wouldn't be surprised if the Braves just sweep them because that's how baseball is. Sometimes a better team doesn't win. But I just think the Astros, especially without more, and I feel like they have the better team, I think they're going to win tonight. And I think eventually, because they have a better bullpen and a better lineup, and now the one advantage the Braves have isn't there, I think the Astros win this series, and I got them winning it in six games. I got the Astros. You know the Braves won last night. I got the Astros in six. Justin, who do you got? Yeah, I'll take – I think the Astros win this thing inside. I think it goes the distance. Yeah, I think losing more is huge because not having him back there um, for whatever, game five or, you know, game, game six, whatever the next time they were going to throw him, I think it's huge. Yeah, Aaron Anderson hasn't been great this postseason. Their bullpen has been good. Their bullpen has been really good, but well, – but At here's, here's the point, difference. Here's the big difference for me with their bullpen, though. 
But the big difference for me is when they needed to be good against the Braves to close out the because if their bullpen did their job in Game Three, they would have swept the Braves. So when it's needed to be that good, it's 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 not it's it wasn't good against the Braves in Game. I mean, against the Dodgers in Game Three, it wasn't good against the Dodgers in Game Three. But you look at the Astro bullpen in Game One and Game Four, it needed to be good. It was good. That's why I give the Astros bullpen the edge. Yeah, no, absolutely. Because yeah, they they yeah, Game Three they could have really had probably would have swept the. Dodgers too if they did they got that win um so yeah like they haven't been in a big spot when they when they need it yeah they haven't come through in the clutch and um that, that could be the difference especially against a big lineup against the Astros because it, it feels like they kind of if you let them get the ball ro- rolling you know it, it, it you know you can ask the Red Sox because they kind of got that big kind of output there in game four, and then they, they kind of took off to that. So, yeah, the Braves kind of bullpen gives them a couple of runs in a big spot. You know, their confidence, you know, goes through the roof, and they, they're a dangerous lineup then because they don't they don't give it back to you. So, yeah, I, you know, yeah, at some point, too, you know, it's, it's tough to kind of be on every single night, especially in the postseason, because all those innings, it's so much more stressful, too, for, for these pitchers in big kind of tight spots. So, yeah, I could see the Braves kind of struggling, you know, in a big spot night um, with that bullpen when they when they need out because they don't get the distance from any of their starters. Yeah, we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens in the series. Should be interesting. World Series game two tonight should be a really really good World Series. But we got to move on to college football. But before we talk about that, we got a promo from Clovercrest Media. The college football season is coming back, and we got you covered on every game. We're breaking it down on each snap all season long. Catch us every week starting on August 4th. Joe McGuire, Sean Scanlon, Jace Garcia, and yours truly, Obi Muniz, giving you the highlights, predictions, and current rankings. Visit our website at hhwshow.com and subscribe to our YouTube channel. It's all four downs, part of the CMG Sports Podcast Network. We got a great week of college football, you know, especially in the Big Ten. We got a and we got a couple match, good match, two best conferences. We have some really good matchups. You know, we got obviously got the rivalry game with Florida and Georgia. You got Auburn and uh, and and Ole Miss, and then obviously at the Big Ten, you have three really good matchups. I mean, you got you know Penn State, Ohio State, Michigan, and Michigan, Michigan State, and uh, Iowa, and Wisconsin. But before we start getting into the games, we got to talk about the absolute disgrace what happened in Happy Valley last week, and this is why James Franklin needs to be fired. I am done with James Franklin. Five straight times in overtime, you can't score to win that game. If you scored one of those five times, you would have beaten Illinois. This is Illinois. This is Ohio State. This isn't Michigan. This is Michigan State. This is Illinois. They've been a terrible program for years, and you can't beat them. That, that was a disgrace, an absolute disgrace on, on Saturday. They deserve to lose that game, and they deserve to be out of the college football playoff race. And, and, they, and, and James Franklin deserves – should not be the head coach of Penn State. You're one in six against Ohio State. Every good team – I mean, that's his one win. His one signature win, that Ohio State game where he got lucky because that was on a blocked field goal. That was his one signature win. And the next year, you know, he loses to Michigan State and Ohio State when he has Saquon Barkley. Uh, that, 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 then the next year, of course, he loses to Ohio State again when he has a lead, and then he loses to Michigan State, Michigan State, and then he loses in, the, in a bowl game to, to, uh, to, to Kentucky. And then, you know, the last year's discre- – where they started 0-5, they lost that game. They had no business losing to Indiana. And they lost to even teams like Maryland last year. 
James Franklin has got to go. I am done with James Franklin as a Penn State fan, and I have no confidence that Penn State not only isn't going to win this game this week, or I don't think they're even going to come close to covering this week. I think this is a this is this is going to be a beatdown in in Columbus. This is going to be a game where Penn State gets. I don't know, Jace. You can put it on the screen. We're, we're talking. We're going to talk about Penn State, Ohio State. But yeah, this is a game where this is going to be a complete beatdown. This is going to be an ugly, ugly, ugly night for them. I've seen a lot of ugly nights, ugly games in Columbus. But this is going to be another ugly game for Penn State. Penn State's going to get destroyed in this game. C.J. Stroud, they're going to be able to run the ball probably for almost 200 yards. C.J. Stroud's going to have a big game. You can get the ball to Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave. This is going to be – and then Sean Clifford, I think, is going to turn the ball over a couple of times. This is going to be a blowout in Columbus on uh, Saturday night. I, I got Ohio State winning this game big. I got them winning this game 45-17 to 17 over Penn State. And, Justin, I think – I assume you got the same. I think you – I assume you got Ohio State big – with the way Ohio State's been playing and with the way Penn State's been playing. Yeah, now I have some good news and bad news here. I'm James Franklin for you. So the good news I would say is, well, uh, well, I don't know how big, I don't know how, I don't know how much, you know, he really wants to go to ESC or LSU. Now, because it's very possible because he just signed the five-year extension, I believe. So he's not going anywhere anytime soon. It, it, you know, he's not getting fired. He may go to USC. I think USC is more likely than LSU here. But – I think it's possible. Now, the bad news is if he doesn't, he's going to use this as leverage. Not, for, I don't think he's going to get more – I don't think they'll extend him again, but he's going to get more money now. Uh, you know, um, if he does turn out – if he kind of flirts with it and kind of, you know, asks the athletic department for more money to stay. So, I don't think he's I, – uh, I don't think he's going to take the USC job. I think he's going to use this for leverage. So, we'll see. Now, if you hear this – he did seem yesterday. Did deny the rumors again, but then also said we're getting ready to. You know, I'm getting ready to face our next opponent, Illinois, which you just played Illinois, and then called the horseshoe the big house. So, oh god, he's, you know, you just you could just see maybe, this is going to be a week where Penn State's going to get destroyed. This is just, you just know Penn State's going to get crushed this week. That you have no confidence as a Penn State fan they're even going to not, not not even win the game, but even covering this game. It's an 18 and a half point spread. I don't think they're even covering. No, I, I don't think so either. I think there's at least three scores. Ohio State, their last five games, have racked up 500 yards of offense. And LSU's team of 2019 didn't do that, or last year's Bama team. It's Ohio State team right now is is on a different. They're 44 to 7.5 times Indiana. I know Indiana year, but still, that was a top 20 team coming in the year. They put up 45 at halftime. You know, and I know they're on their offense right now is just explosive. They. Those three running backs would start anywhere else in the entire country, Those, you know, behind them. So, yeah, and Sean Clifford wasn't 100% last week. You know, I just, you know, again, coming off a of bye week too, like I, I don't know what, what that was coming off a of bye week. You would be prepared. You're going to win that game but by at least two, three scores. But it looked like they kind of prepped for Ohio State during the bye week and they kind of just overlooked Illinois. Illinois did whatever they wanted. I mean, Penn State can't run the ball. And the one the one way I think it could be Ohio State is is that zone outside one game, what Alabama did and what Oregon did. I don't see Penn, Penn – that's not really what Penn State really likes to do. I don't see James Franklin pulling that out of the bag this week. So, I think it's 45-20. to 20. This, Ohio, this Ohio State team, since they changed the defensive coordinator, they've been really good. They've gotten to the quarterback. Um, their defense front's way better. I think their secondary – been kind of getting better. This Ohio State team right now, it's playing the second best football in the country behind Georgia. This this team right now is playing well. CJ Stroud's playing a lot better too. 
And this is why people said too, or, you know, and I, I, sure at the time, but people said Ryan Davis would be an upgrade over James, uh, over Urban Meyer. You're seeing it. Ryan Day makes a lot of adjustments and his team's improve. He hasn't lost a Big Ten game yet since taking over, and I don't think that happened Saturday night. Yeah, I'll take Ryan Day as my coach any day of the week. I mean, yeah, I mean, I don't know if he's an upgrade over Urban Meyer, but I take him as my coach any day of the week. And, 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 and here's the problem with Penn State, you know, extending James Franklin. They're content with being that second-tier program like they've been for years. They've been a couple of years. They've had, you know, they've had their, you know, 2005, 2008, and then 2016 when they've gone to BCS bowls. But they're okay being that second level program, not being on the top tier with Alabama, Ohio State, uh, with Oklahoma, with Clemson, with Georgia. They don't want to be on. They, they just don't care about being on that top tier. That's the problem with the Penn State football program. They don't. Mind, they just like sitting on that second tier, and that's why they're content with James Franklin being their head coach. And and, I, and as a fan, I got a problem with that. I'm I'm sick of James Franklin being the head coach. Yeah, I don't blame you. And it's weird that Penn State's kind of content here now. Uh, you know, I don't know the reason why, because especially yeah, because you've seen Ohio State absolutely small everybody the last few years in this conference. You would think you want to get back to that level, but yeah, it doesn't. Like there's any, you know, um, like, you know, I don't know why it doesn't seem like they will want to do it because yeah, Jane Fragan's an excellent recruiter. He's one of the best. I think right now their next year class is one in the country right now. I think they already have 23 guys signed, but yeah, he's a terrible excellence games X X's and O's coach. He's a terrible kind of late game coach and they've blown a lot of games and Jane Fragan's a good coach. going to win you a national championship ever. So yeah, I don't, I don't know why Penn State just, you know, I don't know if they're just happy with, you know, with all the down with the downfall of the scandal and all that. They're just kind of happy that they're back on somewhat of the national picture. I'm not really. Sure. Yeah. You know, Penn State right now, you know, again, like Rutgers is getting better, too. I think Maryland, Maryland's, I don't know. So kind of I don't know what to think of Maryland, but maybe State's playing well. Michigan, you know, you know, Michigan's always going to be there. So. Yeah, you, you know how State's going to continue to get better. So, again, they're, they're going to continue to be second fiddle if nothing really changes. I don't really see it. I, unless he leaves, but now if he leaves, Dave Claus will be an excellent hire for you guys. I'd love to see him take over. We'll see. I don't I don't think that's I, – I don't, I don't really see him taking another job. I, I think he is content with, with being at Penn State, but who knows how much USC is willing to offer him if that comes about. It won't be good days for USC or LSU if they hire James Franklin. I guarantee I, – I, I am certain of that. But we'll move on to a big Big Ten game this week. Huge game, probably the, the biggest game in the country as number as number six, Michigan, goes to East Lansing to face number eight, Michigan State. And I think this is going to be a really close competitive game. It's, I mean, I, I do think Michigan State plays a more modern style of offense. They, they throw the ball with Peyton Thorne. Uh, they, obviously, they run the ball well with Kenneth Walker. He's second in the country in rushing yards. But with they have good receivers in Jaden Reed and Jalen Naylor. I think they play a more modern game. Michigan is very, very old school, like to run the ball with Blake Corm. And with, with Blake Corm and uh, Hassan Haskins. I mean, Cade McNamara manages the game, but I think Michigan State is a better quarterback and a better passing game. But I'm going to, but in this, I usually don't do this, but I'm going to go with the better defense and the better coach. And I think Aiden Hutchinson, who's a top, who's a top, could be very easy to be a top five pick, I think he's going to, he's going to get pressure on, uh, on, on, uh, Peyton Thorne. I think the, he's going to be, in, in, was it Thorpe or Thorne or Thorpe? Yeah, my bad. Yeah, Thorpe. Peyton Thorpe. And I think he's going to, I think it's, he's going to make yeah. some, I think he's going to make some, I think he's going to make some mistakes. I think I think Michigan State's quarterback is going to make some mistakes. I think this is a close competitive game, but I'll go with the better coach 
and the better defense. I usually don't go with the better defense, especially in college football. But in this game, I'll go with the better coach and the better defense. And that's why I got Michigan beat Michigan State 24-20. But, Justin, can Mel Tucker get a, get a huge win for this program? I think it's very possible. You know, he's already 1-0 against the Wolverines. Um, Jim Harbaugh, is, yeah, we're he's not, now I'm not, I'm not counting last year. Last year. Matchups. Wow, wow. It, 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 he's 2-12 top 10 matchups as the Michigan head coach. So I'm taking Sparty. Um, I can't, I, you know. You are you are a Michigan, Harbaugh hater. You do not like Harbaugh. I don't like him. No, I, I don't. I, he did a great job at Stanford. Don't get me wrong. That 42-point dog back in 07, it's, you know, that winning at USC. Great. You know, that 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 that's a very impressive win. Do not get me wrong, but I, I don't trust this Michigan. This Michigan team, as you mentioned, this is a bullshit Chenbeck um, type Michigan team. Run the football, win the battle at the line of scrimmage. You know, it's great until a point, but I don't think, you know, it, they get it done. I don't think it gets it done. I don't I really trust Caden McAmary yet. I haven't seen him have to make a lot of big plays. I worry about Michigan State because Indiana really made them kind of drive the field and they struggled with that. You know, they don't, you know, they probably should have lost that game. In Nebraska, they had no first down this second half in Nebraska. They won the game on a or they returned a pump for a touchdown to force OT. And then Nebraska, Nebraska itself, like usual. So, you know, they could easily have two losses right now, but I don't trust Michigan. I don't I don't trust this team. I'll I'll trust Mel Tucker right now in this offense. I think Michigan can take away their big play ability. Um but I just – I don't think Michigan does enough offensively. They slept walk through the first half last week at Northwestern, and that Northwestern defense lost 10 guys from last year. They're really reeling right now, and they struggled in the first half. I'll take the Spartans at home, 27 to 24. I can't trust Jim Harbaugh in a big spot, and I can't trust Caden McNaria. And you made a good point about Michigan not being able to trust them. But I do think – in this spot, I think they beat this team because Michigan State and Mel Tucker, they're inexperienced playing big games. So I do think Michigan – I mean, Harbaugh, yes, he's lost a ton of big games, but I just think his experience being in big games will, will, will get him over the hump in this game. Eventually, this style of play, I think Ohio State beats Michigan by a couple scores. I think the way Ohio State's playing right now, I think they're clearly the best team in the Big Ten. But I just think this style of play – I think – I just think in this spot, I think Michigan wins because I just don't think Michigan State – has enough experience in big games. No, I, I completely agree. They, they really haven't. Um, you know, they, they haven't. Um, you know, because, yeah, last year they weren't great. You know, last year he was under D'Antonio, they weren't great. Um, I don't think, you know, like, Kenny McMahon hasn't played a big game like this before. Now, I know Michigan, they, they do have some older pieces um, that have played in a big game. But like Michigan State, I feel like like you know they're a four point dog at home. You know, I know this is a red game for Michigan. I just you know, I just you know Jim Harbaugh, October, late October, early November. You know, he gets in these spots here. You you kind of start believing Michigan may have something here, and they all just collapse. And it doesn't really matter who they play. I just see that being one of those you know Michigan. Lost Ronnie Bell. Really, none of those guys really get open. Like I don't see them having much success offensively. I could see them maybe having a couple of turnovers in this game, but they really, to me, Michigan really had. This is a real first test. I know Nebraska on the road on a Saturday night. They, they probably should have lost that game. Scott Frost and that coaching staff kind of blew down. But I, I get what you're saying, and I I agree that Michigan State hasn't played in a big game yet. But I really like Mel Tucker and the fire that he puts in. You know, his teams are ready to, you know, and I just, I don't ever 
see from Harbaugh. It's just again, like he's always talking about Ohio State. Like they got they he had banned the red in the offseason because of Ohio State. Like he just kind of seems like he's so intent being Ohio State that like a game like this, I think, you know, they're all kind of ready for Ohio State. Michigan State comes at back comes in, you know, at home, finds a way in the game. We'll see what happens there, but we got to get to another Big Ten matchup, and uh, that is Iowa heading to Madison to face Wisconsin. Here's one thing I don't, I don't understand. Why is Wisconsin favored by three and a half points? I know I'm not the biggest Iowa person, but that's flat-out disrespect. Uh, Wisconsin has three losses. Their quarterback has been absolutely terrible this year with two touchdowns and seven picks. I just don't understand why Iowa is an underdog against Wisconsin. I don't understand it. I do think the game's going to be close, though. I do think that uh, both teams – I mean, I think Iowa – it will be a low, close, low-scoring game. I mean, both teams will try to run the football. Not have a ton of success running the ball, but a little bit of success. I don't think either quarter – I don't think Petrus is much better than – I think Graham is definitely worse than, than, than Petrus. But I do think – I think I'm taking Iowa because I think Petrus is the quarterback who will make less mistakes. Graham is – I mean, Graham Mertz has been absolutely terrible. Two touchdowns, seven picks. And and and, and the thing is, is uh, Wisconsin's not going to run for 290 yards like they did against uh, Purdue and, and have Mertz only throw the ball eight times. Mertz is going to have to win this game. And you saw it against – Penn State, you saw it against Michigan, you saw it against Notre Dame. When Mertz has to win a game, that's not happening. That's why I got Iowa winning the game close and staying atop of the Big Ten West. But, Justin, can Mertz and the, uh, and Wisconsin's running game uh, give Iowa their second loss of the season? I don't think so, yeah. This line's very weird now. You know, Purdue, yeah, beat, you know, beat Iowa a few weeks ago. Um I don't know because Wisconsin scored 30 points. It, it is a weird line. Um, like, because you take, because I know college, I think for even NFL, it's like three points kind of they give you home for home field advantage. So a pick them on, on a neutral site kind of what this would be. Um, and I, I still think I was a better team. I think it's not a quarterback play. You know, you know, and what quarterback is going to make the less mistakes? What quarterback is going to make like a big play? And I, I trust like Spencer Petras more than I do Graham Mertz. And I was a ball hawking defense. You saw that against Penn State a few weeks ago. They forced seven turnovers in Maryland. Graham's going to probably throw three or four interceptions. You're probably going to be seeing um, their backup probably chasing the wolf in this game probably at some point. Like, I, you know, both teams are not going to be able to run the ball. Um, I, You know, I just – I think Iowa could win this game by two scores. If Mertz does have three or four turnovers, like I think he is going to have. And I was coming off a bye, so, you know that's a bad taste in your mouth. The way they lost to Purdue a few weeks ago. Now you now you come home or now you go to Wisconsin. It's always a tough place to play in Madison, but um, you know I, I'm gonna take. I do think they're the better team. I don't really think Wisconsin's um, really that good right now. I just it's not a vintage Wisconsin team. I'm very excited to see this. It's an old school. This is what you think of the Big Ten. Two big teams going uh, in the I formation, just running it down your throats. But yeah, two teams have no <laughs> shot to win a national championship because they play old school football. No, 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 no they don't. They, they, they will never beat Ohio State. Um, but yeah, my last point, Brandon Allen, the Wisconsin running back, has started you know, three straight games with over 100 yards. They've kind of found a running back here getting going to Brandon Allen, but I don't think it's going to be enough, and I'll take Iowa to win the game 20 to 14. We'll go to the Big 12, and we got four and three Texas going to six and one Baylor. And I think B. John Robinson will have his yards on the ground. I think Thompson will play pretty well. But at the end of the day, I don't think they, I don't think that defense stops uh, Gary Bohannon. I think he does a good job running the ball, passing the ball. And that's why I got, I think it's close, but I got Baylor going to seven and one, beating Texas. 
I'm probably crazy, but I'm going Texas um, this week. I love for some reason to keep getting and um, Texas just keep disappointing me. But I Baylor just hasn't seen an offense like this year. This year, their defense has been really good, but BYU is probably the best offense they faced until now. Um, you know, I guess maybe I was, but I was, I was starting to get going. Like I would say, BYU probably the two best offenses they faced, and they haven't really seen a guy like B. John Robinson. You know, they're off again. They should have been up twenty four seven or yeah twenty four seven going to half. They had a pick six and turned the game around. Like they were dominating most of that first half, and then Texas kind of just shut it down in the second half and just you know just kind of um, it was horrible. But Baylor's been really been able to run the ball. They think their average like four yards a carry last year. They were worst rushing teams in the country. I could see them running all over Texas in this game. I think it's very possible. Um, but I think Casey Thompson does enough. I think Texas offense does enough. I don't think, I think, you know, Dave Aranda is a very good defensive coach. I think he has a good, you know, I think they try to put a good game plan in for this game, but I just think Texas has too much that they really haven't seen yet. I got Texas win this game 34 to 30. What well, are the SEC now? And we got it. We got the world's, as, as they call it, the world's largest outdoor cocktail party. As we got, uh, we got Georgia playing Florida in the rivalry game in Jacksonville. But this won't be a game. As I think Georgia wins it big. I think they get they have a ton of yards on the ground. I don't care who plays quarterback. If it's Denson Bennett or if it's JT Daniels, I don't care who plays quarterback for Georgia because I think they completely shut down this Florida offense. This isn't last year where Florida had Catavius Tony, Kyle Trask, Kyle Trask, and Kyle Pitts. This offense, Emory Jones is okay, but but they really, he really doesn't have the weapons that Trask had last year. I think this game is a blowout. I got them win. I got Georgia winning this by three or four scores over Florida. Yeah, yeah, Georgia win this game 31 to 13. I don't know who's going to play quarterback for Florida on Saturday. If I'm Dan Bowen, I think you got to go Anthony Richardson. Emory Jones looked good for a few weeks, but now kind of came back down to earth. Again, that, you know, they they really did not show up two weeks ago at LSU for whatever reason. LSU ran for over 300 yards, and that was a team that couldn't average more than two at the Power Five school going up into that game. I think Georgia could run all over them this week. This Florida team just really, I don't know what happened them two weeks ago. Again, they lost a two to Florida or Alabama at home. You kind of figure maybe Florida's got something, but haven't seen it since that game. Um, they've really they've been okay since. And Georgia, yeah, this is just going to be a rough day for them. Now, Florida's only allowed six sacks in the or five sacks in the year. Georgia's gotten the quarterback, I think, like 24, 25 times. Yeah, but you know, good test here for this offensive line of the Gators to kind of. But I don't see them slowing this slowing them down. I mean, I don't, I mean, I see George slowing them down. I see Florida having a lot of success doing anything offensively in this game. I don't think their defense is good enough either. Um, Todd Grantham, I know Dan Mullen's very loyal to him, but I really think last year, like this year, they're not much better. I got the, I got Georgia win this game 34 or 31 to 10 on Saturday. Got a really, really big uh, matchup in the SEC between uh, Ole Miss and uh, and Auburn, and uh, this this is this is a really good game. Two really good qu- two really good quarterbacks. You got Matt Corral, who's arguably the best quarterback in the country, and you got Bo Nix, who's been playing well the last couple of weeks. I think this is a close, competitive game, and I'm going to go with the home team and the better team. I feel like you know, obviously Corral's the better quarterback, and I'm going to go with the better team because I think Tank Bigs me makes a difference in the run game, and I think that Bo Nix is a good game. Ole Miss defense isn't as good as Auburn's. That's why I got Auburn winning this game close to keep their college football playoff hopes alive, and this would end Ole Miss's college football playoff hopes. But, Justin, can Corral carry this team to win on the road? 
I think he does. I got the I got the uh, Rebels thirty eight to thirty one in this game. Oh, you're going with Lane Kiffin you. there. Yes, it may be very deadly, but you know, I I can't figure out this Auburn defense because I don't. You know, they've been okay, but against Auburn, they gave up three hundred passing yards, and and against LSU, I mean, I mean, against LSU, they gave up three hundred passing yards, and also Penn State threw for over three hundred. Georgia State ran for two sixty seven against them on the ground. I can't figure out this Auburn's defense. Bo Nix has played a lot better this year. You know, Brian Harson's been a good coach for him. He's made less mistakes. I think it's been a better offense for him. Tink Bigsby, Tink Bigsby is a very good back, very physical back, tough to bring down. But, you know, Ole Miss defense isn't great by any stretch. It's better than last year um, by far because, you know, can actually force some punts this year. But I'm going to take Matt Crowley go on the road here and win this game. I just don't really get – I don't really have a good sense of what Auburn's defense is right now. It's just, it's very, very inconsistent. Um, I think it's about a drum and I think you have a big, you know, um, Drummond's got 10 or 11 touchdowns on the year. I think Sue Connor runs the ball well. Um, Jared Ely, I think has a big game on the ground. I think Corral makes some plays on the ground as well as making some plays, obviously in the air, like he has all year. So I'm going to go with Ole Miss to get, you know, go on the road and win this game 30 to 31. AAC matchup, Battle of Two Texas Schools. It's, it's number 17 SMU, and they're going on undefeated. Uh, heads, heads to Houston to face uh, six, to face a Houston team at 6-1. and one. And I think SMU wins just because they're, I think they're undefeated. I, mean, I don't watch a ton of AAC football. So, Justin, I got SMU winning, but I'll give you the floor to talk about this game. Yeah, I'm going to take the Mustangs 35-24. Tim, uh, you know, Oklahoma transfer um, – Tanner, um, Modesty, you know, he's a name to watch with the Heisman. He's got 29 touchdowns this year to seven interceptions. You know, it's Sonny Dykes, this explosive offense. Um, I just – I don't see really Houston being able to slow down. Houston's even been good, but week one they gave up 30 to Texas Tech, and Texas Tech just fired their coach on Monday. Texas really haven't played anybody since. Dan Augustin is an okay coach. They've been everybody they have. They've looked good in a lot of those games. But SMU's offense is very, very explosive. So Trey Seegers and Ulysses Bentley in the backfield, they got, you know, two running backs they like to use. Um, they also have Oklahoma transfer Grant um, Getrilsi, the tight end, who, you know, was on that um, – he was a starting tight end a few years ago for Oklahoma. He were due concussions, decided to come back, transferred to SMU, and, he, you know, he's got 30 – he's got almost 30 catches on the year. He's top guy, top weapon for the Mustangs as well in the passing game. So – I'm going to go SMU. Their defense is not great. I well, but Clayton um, Tooney has been has been, has been completing almost 70 passes. I think they do move the ball because SMU's defense stinks. But I'm going to take the Mustangs here to get the win. And they could be 10-0 going against Cincinnati a few weeks on uh, November the 20th. The, you know, big game. Then, you know, Cincinnati's going to be rooting for SMU too because that look count, counts as a huge win for them. I'll take the Mustang 35-24. And you bet we'll be talking about that SMU-Cincinnati game when it comes up. We'll definitely be discussing that game when it comes up in a couple weeks. But we got we got uh, North Carolina heading to South Bend to face Notre Dame. Notre Dame obviously has one loss. I think North Carolina is the better quarterback, but, I'm t- but I take I – don't, I, don't, I don't care if Mac Brown won a national title. I'm taking Brian Kelly over Mac Brown, and I'm taking this Notre Dame, t- Notre Dame over North Carolina. I think that Kieran Williams is a big game on the ground. I, don't, I think North Carolina's defense isn't good. I think Jack Cohen has a good game because Carolina's defense isn't any good. I think Sam 
uh, Howell does what he can. But as we learned about Sam Howell this week, he can't elevate bad talent around him. Last last year, he had the talent. He had Deami Brown. He had Javante Williams. He had Michael Carter. He had talent around him. He can't he can't elevate bad talent around him. That's why I got Notre Dame winning this game by two scores. Yeah, I like your point there with uh, Sam Howell not being able to really you know elevate guys because. His top target, Josh Downs, this year has 61 catches. Second on the has only 16 catches. So he's really good kind of going on downs. He's been their top weapon. Uh, and everybody else, they really haven't, you know, he hasn't really gotten too many other guys involved this year. And they're often the line's given up like 25 sacks. They're often the line has been horrible this year. Um, again, they lost, they lost a lot of pieces from that line. But yeah, Nordine, Nordine cannot, uh, Carolina can't stop a run again this year. You know, they're Nordine, the last two games have, or less, yeah, last two games have ran for over 170 yards as a team with five touchdowns. I think Nordine's going to be able to control them on the ground. And Josh, uh, Jack Home makes enough plays in the game. It's a Saturday night in South Bend. So, yeah, Sam Howell keeps them in it. Sam Howell does enough, you know, tries to keep them in it, make some big plays. But yeah, North, you know, North Carolina is one of the biggest disappointments this year in college football, but. For UNC fans, college basketball starts in 13 days, so time for basketball season down in uh, Chapel. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's the season that, that, that they always look forward to. So they'll, they'll be definitely ready for that. So we'll wrap up talking about Fresno State and uh, San Diego State. Fresno State has two losses. San Diego State's undefeated. We don't know that much. I don't know that much about the San Diego State team, but I'm picking them just because they're undefeated. Justin, again, just like just like in the, in the uh, SME Houston game, I'll give you the floor to talk about this one. This is going to be a fun one. Two con- contrasting styles. Fresno going to want to get up and up, go up and down the field. San Diego State, you know what coaches San Diego State now? I don't. Brady Holt. Is it? Oh, oh the, the, the ex-Michigan coach. The, ex- the ex-Michigan coach. There. Yeah. Yes, he's back at his uh, old stomping grounds. He took over Long, who they're still, uh, you know, running the eye formation. They've always had some great backs. They're very talented defensively. Um, you know, I, I think Fresno, San Diego State really hasn't faced an offense like this before. San Diego State, probably the best offense they faced was Utah, but I think Utah is better now that they started Cameron Rising than what Charlie gave them early in the year. So they haven't really faced an explosive offense like Fres- Fresno State. Jake Hayner having an unbelievable year. Um, Ronnie Rivers in the backfield, it's been unbelievable as well. I'm going to take Fresno to get the upset, 24 to 20. Oh, wow. I think San Diego wow. State defense keeps it close. Yeah, but oh, wow. I, I just – I don't – you know, San Diego State – yeah, I've seen it – I mean, Fresno State, but San Diego State in three games this year have have uh, totaled 250 yards or less of offense. I just – this day in college football with an offense you're about to face in Fresno State, it's very tough to win. So, I'll, I'll, I'm going to take – to go on the road and, and win this one. This should be a very good late-night game on a Saturday night. It, de- it definitely, uh, definitely will be. But we got to wrap it up this week on Sports Talk with RJ. For our producer, Jace Garcia, did a great job. For Justin D'Onofrio, I'm Steve Risser. We'll be back next week talking about the trade deadline in the NFL, week nine in the NFL. The, we'll, we'll recap the World Series, and we'll talk about week 10 of the college football season. Have a great weekend, everyone.
name is Joe Aguirre. I'm the president of Clovercrest Media Group. And here at CMG, we have a wide variety of podcasts, including sports shows like Keys to the City, The Roll Call, Throwing Jabs, All Four Downs, and Jawing About the G-Men. And great true crime shows like Sticky Meat, Crimes and Consequences, Ivy League Murders, and Burn, The Unsolved Murder of David Eichmann. You can find all these podcasts and so much more by visiting clovercrestmedia.com.